0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another DMV Comic Book Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Freddy, and today I'm joined once more by my friend, Luke. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Luke? I'm all right. How are you, Freddie? Doing well, thanks. So glad right. to have you back. And today, to back,
1: man.
0: yeah, we're going to have a good time discussing the final book of Superman Space Age, number yes, three. Indeed. Indeed. All right. If you haven't read the book yet, or if you haven't listened to our other two podcasts Mm -hmm. covering the book, we want to encourage you to go read them and to them right now. (laughs) Well worth it. This will be more fun after you've done all that. And then also, um, this will be a spoiler-filled podcast. So that's your warning. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, um, Before we dive in, I'm going to just give a quick summary and overview of the book sounds good all right so superman space age number three is written by mark russell and Mm. drawn by michael allred with colorist laura allred Uh, again we have another 80 page book here and this was released february 21st of this year 2023 so uh, here's the summary Mm. the end is nigh as red skies (laughs) reign Superman does what he can do to make the world a better place for as long as it continues to exist but money is power in the greed driven 80s and villains like Lex Luthor seem poised to win in the end little do they know there are bigger things to worry about and the hero that they've grown to hate is their only hope against this crisis don't mm-hmm. miss the riveting finale of the soon-to-be classic miniseries. Yes. All right, so here we are, and let's dig in. Yes. i will start by talking about the cover.
2: This darn
0: cover. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. We've got Superman, the Justice League, floating through mm-hmm. space. Most of the Justice League looks dead.
2: Yes, that haunting image of one Woman with hollow eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just- Shiver sure, down your spine.
0: hmm You got Green Lantern's hand. Yeah. The cover in the corner.
2: like it's especially chilling since we did watch a Green Lantern die in the last issue. Yeah. So it it does it does, uh, sort of Green Lantern is this um, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, everybody just sort of except for Superman, yeah, he stands alone on this. Yeah.
0: a bit of meteor rock or something and he's hanging on by a thread himself he's he's very tattered
2: yeah his cape is all torn up his Um, boots all dirty
0: and in the background you can see uh a huge the huge head of the anti-monitor
2: yep those grizzly teeth of his yeah and the sparkling
0: eyes against like a black background
2: yeah actually speaking of eyes Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But speaking of eyes, if you look really close at Superman, he's actually crying on this cover. Like that's yeah, how Superman's tearing up.
0: Yeah, and we'll see some more of that as we get into the book. Um, <laughs> yep. But while we're on the topic of covers, I do want to take a minute to um, uh, mention the variant covers. We've got some variant covers by Joe Quinones and mm-hmm. um, Nick Darrington. Um, ah. And I think also by Steve Rude, the great Steve Rude on the first issue. I do love Steve Rude. We also have one by Dave Johnson on issue number two. Lots of really cool covers here. So if you haven't seen them, I want to encourage everyone to look them up online.
2: Oh, I'll check them out myself later.
0: Cool, cool. Um, And now let's dig into the book. All right. Alright, so page one.
2: Page one.
0: We are in Once universe eight three two six five four Z. Indeed. And again, we have this big full page splash of Superman crying on this yeah. on this uh, destroyed earth.
2: Yes. And this is the the alternate Superman who has a black background on his ass instead of the classic yellow background. That's right. Who seems to have survived some sort of apocalypse on his earth.
0: Exactly. He says, you have no idea what a precarious thing existence is. How many other Earths, just like this one, have already been destroyed, whether by their inhabitants' own hand, alien marauders, or just dumb luck? Actually, Mm -hmm. um, these are not his thoughts. These are thoughts we find on the next page Mm -hmm. of the pariah. Yes. He has returned to the seagull bar. Mm-hmm. in Metropolis in 1982. <laughs> so he and Clark are having a conversation. Yes. And yeah, he's just kind of like telling Superman or telling Clark Kent rather mm-hmm. um, what he saw about the end of yeah. the world.
2: Yeah, and kind of just, yeah.
0: And actually, and, uh, the universe yeah. is not one world.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worlds. Plural, exactly. He's starting with his own, and you know all that. You, you've you've probably read Crisis. You know his deal, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, I real quick, I want to point out the fact that um, well, probably appears to be drinking some sort of like probably whiskey or something. Clark is once again drinking milk. Yep, as was established in uh, at least last issue. Yep, his signature drink. Yes, indeed.
0: I do really like how they return to this bar throughout the story. Yeah, um, and. Of course, we've talked about before how it's uh, lovingly named after uh, Jerry Siegel mm-hmm. and Joe Schuster. Yes, yes. Um, so, like, uh, it's just a really cool thing. Like, I wouldn't mind if they sneak this into other interpretations of Superman. Yeah, that,
2: that'd be kind of neat. Like, I know I know, Bibbo has a, there's, like, a bar that, like, Bibbo Babowski owns. Mm-hmm. And I forget if it has a name, like, a solid name, or if it's just Bibbo's bar. It does. Yeah. Oh, it does? It's called the oh. Ace of Clubs. The a- yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like you could get away with replacing that with the seagull. And few people would be mad about it. Definitely.
0: Maybe he could just, like, make. It, maybe that could even be a story or even just oh. an element in a story where he updates yeah. his bar and changes yeah. the name. <laughs> he,
2: he loses the name Ace of Clubs, um, and he has to come up with a new name. And he ends up having a fateful encounter with a seagull. And it's history from there. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Maybe. That would be kind of interesting, yeah.
2: And then a shoe store opens up to complete the joke.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. So um, I do want to finish talking about this theme with Clark. Because he had mentioned in previous scenes that he kept coming to this bar because he wanted to run into this guy again. Because his first encounter, he wasn't sure if he was a kook yeah. or if he was legit.
1: Yeah.
0: So seeing him again, mm-hmm. um, you wonder if, uh, that makes Superman a little bit more concerned about what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And, uh, but he's got this, the pariah has this very casual and drunk behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's kind of interesting. He's wearing this really eighties jacket with his hair.
2: yeah a cardigan. Well, not cardigan because it's a zipper, but like a sweater. I meant. Yep,
0: it's very eighties.
2: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Speaking of eighties, the the bar has sort of been up- updated to look more eighties as well. Like there's some like sports memorabilia and that big sign, and it's it's and there's and there's some arcade machines. If you look, in a, the back of a couple of panels. Mm-hmm. So the bar itself has been updated. On the inside, at least.
0: Yep, we have traveled through time, and uh, the Allred's art is definitely reflecting that in a beautiful way. Yes. All right, so let's go to the next scene. Um, we are yeah. at the Hall of Justice. The and new Hall of Justice. New Hall of Justice. That's right. It's mm-hmm. got a really kind of uh, artsy look to it. Um, lots of curved lines mm-hmm. and hardly any straight lines. Um, yeah. And you also have a new Green Lantern here, and lots mm-hmm. even, and lots more Justice League members.
2: Yeah, a, a very much expanded Justice League. Yep, uh, including including the only absent founding member from the previous issue, uh, Martian Manhunter.
0: Yep, we got Martian Manhunter, and I'll call out a few other names. You got Hawkman, sure. Hawk Girl, mm-hmm. uh, Black Canary, who we saw at the end of last issue. We yep. see um, Red Tornado. Mm-hmm. And Swamp Thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Don't forget the Adam.
0: Is that Swamp Thing?
2: Oh, yes, that is indeed Swamp Thing.
0: Yeah, you got Swamp Thing and Alec Holland. And uh, our new, just sorry, our new Green Lantern is Mm. Jon Stewart, who some of us remember from the cartoon. Yes. Early 2000s.
2: My introduction to the Green Lantern.
0: Yeah. I was my introduction to that version. Um, and he's also in a lot of the comics no as well. Way.
2: Yes, yes, of course.
0: Basically, Green Lantern is giving a presentation about the Anti-Monitor, who mm-hmm. we all know at this point is coming to destroy the Earth. Yes. Um, and they really don't know what to do about it. Like, it's they're still trying to come up with a plan so to speak
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, also i just noticed plastic man also shows up like for like one panel in this part here oh yeah like he's next to the flash
0: that's cool little cameo you got Mm -hmm. lots of fun uh justice league members here
2: there's there's lots of like little like cameos throughout this issue of like random dc characters Mm -hmm. Uh, but we'll get to that
0: all right so in the next scene um our Superman is at Alpha Centauri B. Yes. Uh, he's responding to a message that he was sent by three brainiacs, mm-hmm. three different brainiacs. And he goes to ask them what they want. And they say, we wanted to give you the good news. We have chosen to allow your harv- your planet to remain unharvested. Hooray! He says, they say, don't misunderstand, your world will still be destroyed, but not by
2: mm-hmm. us. <laughs> How nice of them. What about yeah. the sweethearts?
0: <laughs> and not only that, they want Superman to join them. Mm-hmm. Uh they ask him to join their quest to defeat the anti-monitor. And he said, they say, with your assistance, we project a 17.3 chance of success with a 4.8933% uncertainty quotient.
2: (laughs) I like those odds.
0: (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Oh, well. Yikes. (laughs) But um, they asked Superman if he has any questions. He says yes. He asks, in the universe where they're making their stand, is there an Earth? They pause and look at each other and they they say yes, there is.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: almost identical except when one minor detail. In that universe, the human race is extinct.
2: Bum, bum, bum.
0: Superman says how? And they say, who knows? Probably some nuclear conflict or another. Sounds right. So then we return to universe 832-654-Z.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We see our Superman with the black on his shield. yes, And he's in the wasteland so we see that earth that they're talking about where they're going to make their last stand yes and um, yeah basically the brainiacs kind of end the scene saying that um the they from their perspective the planet seems to be rebounding nicely from extinction Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, other than the human race of course mm mm-hmm which mercifully remains extinct. Go of their bluntness.
0: Yeah, and uh, they say to be frank, we think you would thrive without the distraction of, of human beings. Yeah. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: they don't get Superman at all. They're not very nope. uh, sympathetic to his, uh, you know.
2: Yeah, I do love the look—the look on Superman's face as they say that. This like, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Like. They're, they're, they're trying to help is the, is the kind of thing is the real like kicker.
0: Yeah. Like, like they're, they're
2: trying to be helpful, but they just kind of don't get it.
0: That's a pretty interesting, uh, take on Brainiac. It's kind of fun.
2: Yeah. I like it. I mean, like it, it's kind of, it's like not entirely like an original thing. Like the idea of Brainiac as a preserver has been kind of, you know, like a thing for a while, but like, there's always more of a sinister connotation than this gives. Like, this is the least, this is definitely the least sinister brainiac. Yeah. Just kind of clueless.
0: Yeah, because, like, because there's a big bad in the background. Like, we're worried about the anti. Definitely, definitely. Everybody is here at this point. Yeah, yeah.
2: So. She's the evil. They're just kind of misguided.
0: Right. All right. So we move on to the next scene at Metropolis Correctional Facility for Men. Where Lex Luthor is serving time,
1: yeah,
0: and uh, he's talking to his lawyers and his uh and his people from LexCorp. Yeah, this part's great. <laughs> and they're complaining about the fact that their shampoo sales are mm-hmm. aren't as good as they were because people are wearing their hair short now in the eighties. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Although you gotta love you gotta love uh, Lex's question when they tell him that the sale the the personal hygiene division is uh, doing not great. He mm-hmm. says, why? Did it suddenly become fashionable to stink out there?
0: <laughs> exactly. And then
2: they explain the shampoo problem. And then he
0: decides to come up with the clever solution. Uh, he's like, let me see the directions on that bottle. Lather, <laughs> rinse. Is that it? Add the word repeat. There. I just doubled our sales. <laughs> now can we talk about something important? Wonderful.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: uh... No matter what he's writing about, um, Mark Russell has to fit in some kind of, like, Satire, (laughs) just some like isn't capitalism BS?
0: (laughs) Like, like I don't know if that's something only older generations get, but like there were so many commercials back in the day that said lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, and and that was even well beyond the eighties. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen any recently, but I don't. But TV is not the same as it used to be. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. I still think it's on bottles probably yeah. yeah. All right. So then um he's talking about wanting to get out of prison. He introduces a mm-hmm. new lawyer.
2: Yeah. Um I should say part of part of the the humor of the scene is that he's he's still Lex Luthor. He's still like a billionaire. So he's he's been pretty comfortable in prison. Yeah. Like the the warden's basically his butler bringing him drinks and like iced tea and such. Mhm. Uh but he still wants out of course. Um. Yeah.
0: yeah. he's he also has a um little umbrella in his iced tea. It's very uh, yeah indeed. It looks like he's enjoying himself.
2: Yeah, and he's wearing a robe over over his prison uniform. <laughs> I Forgot to mention and slippers.
0: Yeah, all these little details are great. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, then we return to Smallville, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Clark has shown up in his Superman outfit. To help yeah. his dad shuck some corn.
1: Mm-hmm. These
2: are my work clothes.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he asks his dad, if mm-hmm. I told you the world was going to come to an end in a year or two, what would you do? Pa Ken says, well, I'd probably spend less time shucking corn. <laughs> yeah. But um, his serious answer is that... Um, if if the world ended tomorrow I'm not sure I'd do anything different because being here on the farm with you and Martha this is what I always wanted my life to be. Yeah. He says, "I know you just want to help everyone, son, but don't work so much that you forget who you are. Now get back to work."
2: <laughs> I could have I could have I could have all these shucked by the time you blink, old man.
0: I know, but then you'd miss out on all my corn-based wisdom. So <laughs> So him and
2: Absolutely adorable exchange.
0: Yeah. Nice scene between Pa and Clark.
2: Indeed.
0: And that gets Superman mm. reflecting about fatherhood. He's Mm. back at the North Pole. He's having a snowball fight with Lois and Jonathan. And Mm. also the hologram of um, his father, Jor-El. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Interesting. (laughs) Like, look. Uh, Little
2: Jonathan is like,
0: ha-ha, I got Grandpa! He threw a
2: snowball. He just goes right through him. (laughs) Let's keep the snowball fight between the living. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And um, Superman thanks Lois. She's like, for what? He's like, for everything. Because the narration remarks, there's no such thing as being so immortal that when the end finally comes, you don't wish you had lived a little more. Yeah. Um, so then it's nighttime at the Fortress of Solitude. Mm -hmm. Superman gets a call from his mom. Yep. And it's very sad. We find out that his dad died of a heart attack.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: So this is uh, Mm -hmm. something that we've seen in a lot of Superman media. His dad usually is the parent. Uh, on mm-hmm. Earth that he loses, uh, what usually by a heart attack, yeah, usually by a tornado or something else. <laughs>
2: Sometimes. <laughs> I, I personally prefer when it's something like this, like a medical issue that, like, a Superman can't do anything about.
0: Yeah. You know? And it, talk about that more on the next page. We're at yeah. Pa Kent's funeral.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Superman's narration says he had cardiac scardiosis, a treatable condition if anyone had bothered looking for it. Even I was powerless to save him.
2: It it, it reminds me of the scene in the, the movie where he says, all these things I can do, all these powers, and I couldn't even save him. Yeah. That's always such a powerful moment for me. Yeah. And I... like t- So to me, it's kind of... Like... Like, I know there's a, kind of a debate to, to have on whether the Kent should... Like, how long the Kent should live, you know, in Superman's life. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of... In my mind, like... I always... Like... As, hopefully it just doesn't sound grim but in my mind cause gotta go at some point
0: of a heart attack yeah I mean yeah. that is um a moment for Superman that is kind of foundational mm-hmm. I think to understanding him cause like so many people talk about how they think Superman is boring but they that's just I feel like that's because they don't mm-hmm. realize that he's more than just like an all powerful guy like stuff like shows that he's not all powerful like he can't solve every Mm -hmm. problem and he is very human so Mm -hmm. like once you get into those aspects of superman i think uh he becomes a lot less boring but um Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean people people's mileage may vary but um yeah this scene um he, he has a line at the end in his narration he says when you spend your life trying to save the world it's easy to forget that the world is always ending for someone.
2: Yeah, that's and, a great that's a great part.
0: Yeah, like, I, I'll say that I kind of realized that at one point in my own life. Like, um, mm-hmm.
2: you
0: know, um, I won't go too much off track, but um, I will say mm-hmm. in a lot of religions, they talk about, mm-hmm. you know, the end of days, judgment day, revelations and all that mm-hmm. stuff and and it's easy for people to get caught up in, in an apocalyptic view of like one big event ending the world and that's kind of what the story talks about yeah, but yeah. but this panel captures the reality that people die every day like sometimes mm. in horrific uh ways and, and sometimes in like normal ways sometimes in you know mm. um uh, like apocalyptic ways even if the world is still going on so yeah, yeah. It's it's just something interesting that I I think humanizes Superman even more. Definitely. Because um, he he's really seeing that there are limits to what he can do here. Yeah.
2: Like to me, this is the tragedy that sort of makes Superman. Yeah. Like more so than Krypton, you know. It's that that sort of first that real brush with you know the loss of human life, you yeah. know. Like not a not to go into a whole thing, but like
0: now, yeah. To uh, backtrack to something you said before, like about mm-hmm. the argument of how early should his parents die? Like, I remember yeah. the new fifty-two. His parents died like early on, like yeah, and when he was still in Smallville before he moved to Metropolis. Yes, I don't know if I ever really liked that uh, decision. Um,
2: I, I have, I have thoughts on that um like i said i prefer when it's the the hence pass through natural causes
1: mm-hmm.
2: so it's not um uh you know it, 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 to me it ought to be something that superman can't do anything about you know mm. um
0: i think that but, one was our accident yeah. but like he just wasn't there yeah
2: i guess exactly exactly and i, I kind of get that and also like like there's a whole like without you know we're not talking about that comic so not getting it's like a complication to that scenario you know like, mm-hmm. if you've read it yeah um but but without getting into that but i do But like, personally i feel like like this is you know this story does it differently but like personally i think at least Paul should be gone before he becomes superman
0: oh really yeah yeah, so, yeah. i was gonna say the opposite like i kind of like i like the kent's living long enough to see him begin his career as superman yeah
2: yeah I, I, understandable i i think i want i i think martha should I think Martha should at least be around for like the Justice League, you know, found, being founded, you know. Um, but I, th- I, like pa, I, I feel like Paul. I, I feel like Paul makes sense the most sense as like what gets Clark out of Smallville, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, that
2: might be because of the movie influencing me, but
0: mm-hmm. that's you know, yeah. I'm starting to... I guess my influence would be the animated series where like his parents mm-hmm. are both still alive, and and yeah. I think when I was growing up watching that, it kind of just set him apart from other superheroes, like Batman doesn't have parents mm-hmm. from a young age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Spider-Man doesn't have parents from right. a young age, but he has his um, um, mm-hmm. Aunt May yeah. uh, loses Uncle Ben at an early age. So it's like,
2: and, there and are very few
0: superheroes yeah. that have both parents, you know, mm-hmm. well into their adulthood. Yeah,
2: And Spider-Man can't really talk to Aunt May about being Spider-Man in the mm-hmm. way Superman can talk to ma and pa about being superman
0: right like i I always thought that was a very unique relationship and i I like seeing it
2: Um, i definitely i definitely see the appeal of it yeah
0: but but like i said there there have been lots of different takes on it and everyone can have their own favorites um anything else you want to
2: say about this before we move on
0: uh I well
2: i i i guess i'll just say like i i get where I, i i that's why i say i i like martha staying around a little longer so she can have that kind of role. Uh, Other than that, no, I don't really have... Actually, wait. Yeah, no, I don't have much to say.
0: Well, I I would
2: like to add on something to
0: that, just because like, Mm -hmm. one thing I've noticed in adaptations where Mm -hmm. Jonathan or Pa Kent has died Mm -hmm. and Martha Kent is still alive, Mm -hmm. like, I don't particularly like a lot of those iterations because I feel like at that point, they don't always know what to do with Martha. Like, that's true. You have this old lady living by herself on a farm, and mm-hmm. like, they never seem to like hire any help or like, yeah, or sell the farm or like, I don't know. Like, it just seems very unrealistic. I don't know. Like, I don't live on a big a, old farm in Kansas, but
2: yeah, I have a thought on that. <laughs> uh, if I may, get into sure. it real quick. Sure. Um, I feel like people forget about this, but like uh, in the Silver Age. Like even before he leaves Smallville, uh, the Kents actually left the farm, um, like in in the Silver Age, like when like he was like around when he was becoming Superboy, like when he was a teenager, they left the farm, they sold the farm, and they moved into you know into town, mm-hmm. and they ran the grocery store. That mm-hmm. was the like when you read old Superboys, that's that's the deal. Like the Kents run the grocery store, uh, they have a, they have a little house in the suburbs of Smallville, uh, and Clark has his little underground basement lair, uh, where he does like the proto Fortress of Solitude, um, but they run the, they run the general store, and, like, I feel like if you just bring that back, um, and have Martha run the, the grocery store after Jonathan passes, I feel like that kind of, like, that, that lets you keep Martha around as, like, you know, the person Clark talks to, um, when he needs, you know, advice or whatever, and it also, but it also doesn't make you think, Wait, so, so he just left his old mother to run this farm all by herself?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Like, 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 there's a lot of things they could do. Mm-hmm. I, but I just feel like too many times I've seen her just kind of like stuck at home. Like, it, and I'm sure Superman's helping to take care of her, but it's just like I don't know. And, uh,
2: let's not forget uh, Ben Hubbard. Um,
0: yeah. Um, I believe Ben Hubbard is their neighbor who helps them um, maintain the farm. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, he's he's like mentioned in Superman the movie when Clark tells Martha that he's like leaving to find himself or whatever, and mm-hmm. he kind of comes up every now and then as like a a neighbor or a hired hand or um, mm-hmm. in the New Fifty Two run you mentioned earlier. He does act, like Clark sells the farm to him after his parents pass. Mm-hmm. So
0: now. I'm not sure if you are aware of what Martha ends up doing in Smallville, but I won't spoil anything. I'll just say they give her a lot of um, agency and they they give her a career and they kind of move her off of the farm towards the end of that series. It's kind of interesting. She's not, actually- not, she's not a main character towards the last mm-hmm. couple seasons, but she pops in in an interesting way. That that sounds that's good. That's that's that sounds good. Um, are you ready to yeah. move on? To yes, next? yes. So, um, so we just spent a long time talking about how like there are limits to what Superman can do, but mm-hmm. here we see a big full-page panel of him working with Jarrell, creating a model of human quantum DNA signatures, and mm-hmm. it's that's something that's particularly super. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like the whole panel is really cool. Um and I, he says he's this, developing the superpower that he'd always neglected and perhaps the only one that truly mattered. Mm-hmm. Which is um his brain power, I suppose. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> this is an element of Superman that I feel like goes under under acknowledged. And I like whenever like him being smart, you yeah. know, him tooling around in the Fortress of Solitude like Finding like fiddling around with gadgetry and like trying to make the world better in more ways than just punching away the worst people, you know.
0: Yeah, like I I love when that when he's a super genius, but also he's like not, um, but he still has like those himbo qualities we talked about before. Where like he is not about ego for him. He's not. He's not yeah. like Lex Luthor, who is mm-hmm. so brilliant that he has to let everybody know all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's he's more just like mm-hmm. he just lets his imagination and curiosity run free, and and he, he's always looking for solutions for problems. So
2: yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, and he's not he's like a Reed Richard Richards, always thinking about science, and he comes out like a scientist. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's more like he's just sort of a tinkerer. Right. You he's know, a, like. Like it's yeah, less... like he's a
0: journalist for by career, but mm-hmm. like but when it comes to science, uh he can do a lot of cool things, especially when he's working from the fortress.
2: Yeah. It's like the superhero equivalent of having like a like a hobby where you um work with like tools or repairing your car or whatever. But it's the mm-hmm. Superman version, you know? Yeah.
0: Alright, so then we return to the Hall of Justice, and Superman is announcing his resignation from the Justice yeah. League. In this scene, okay. we have not uh, I... only the Justice League, but we see some JSA mm-hmm. members, we see some dual Doom Patrol members. Yeah. Um
2: uh, Can I can I say who it is, who's in here this time? Sure. You, you did the last one. Sorry. In addition to everyone we saw on the first Justice League page, we see Metamorpho, the Element Man, uh Wildcats, Zatanna, uh, Ted Kord, Blue Beetle, uh, Booster Gold, uh, The Hour Man, uh, The Specter, uh, Dead Man, Phantom Stranger. So that's three ghosts. Uh, pretty much almost the entire original Doom Patrol, uh, just minus the Chief, Negative Man, uh, Robot Man, and Elastigirl. Um, And finally, oh, also the Guardian. Uh, oh, no, no. that's Oh, that's that's Dr. Fate. But yep. it's, it's Dr. Fate and his like, weird half helmet instead Mm -hmm. of the classic full helmet we all know. Um, And finally we have Mr. Miracle and Big Barda.
0: Yep, so we've got quite a crew here assembled. Yes, And unfortunately they're all having to say goodbye to Superman. Mm -hmm. Batman himself is kind of sorry to see him go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he has some interesting advice he gives him with a handshake there's uh if if and when you ever get distracted thinking about everything and everyone you can't save don't focus on saving the world just concentrate on saving one person remember it's not humanity that matters it's people Mm -hmm. and that's an interesting quote for batman it kind of reminds me of (laughs) the uh justice league theatrical cut that uh you know, yeah. Don't really uh, talk about too much anymore, but there mm-hmm. was one scene where it's like save one
2: person, you know. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I was actually thinking about that too. Uh, so I'm glad you brought it up. Like, I'm not really a big fan of that, like, movie honestly either version. But that is a, a scene that I think is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I almost wish to see it. I wish I almost wish it was in both versions, honestly, because it's a nice humanizing little moment.
0: Yeah, like I. I've always kind of said there are elements of both movies that might have worked well if it was merged into one movie.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with that.
0: But um, unfortunately, the way it, things went down, it, that could mm. never have happened, so. Yeah. Um, all right, so then Flash gives his goodbyes to Superman. Mm-hmm. He presents him with a, uh, a, mm. a ship in a bottle. Yes. <laughs> His therapist suggested that he should start building those to teach him patience. <laughs> and Superman says, thanks, this must have taken you along. But then he says, no, not really. That's the template <laughs> I made today. Anyway, goodbye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I adore this take on the Flash.
0: Yeah, he's he's very funny.
2: Yeah. I, and- I'm i not sure if Russell could do a whole Flash story based on this, but it definitely makes me want to see him do a, like another Justice League thing. Uh yeah, that would be cool. So we could get more of this oddball Barry Allen.
0: And then here, Wonder Woman also gives her goodbye to Superman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, She says, no offense, but the Justice League was always bigger than one man. Yes. And um, she says, one thing I've always admired about you, Kal-El, is that you don't fight fire with fire. You fight darkness with light. Yeah. So, speaking of darkness, <laughs> we to Gotham in 1984. 1984, indeed. Yeah, some time has passed. Batman is still uh, a vigilante um, mm-hmm. defending the streets from crime. Here mm-hmm. we see three Riddler goons with big question marks on their masks. Yeah. And Batman takes them down yeah. pretty easily. Yeah.
2: They're swinging at the Batmobile, which I don't know what they're – what they're trying to accomplish with that. And I that, guess they think Batman's in there. He's not even in there, he's in his bat
0: plane. Heck yeah. <laughs> and shoots down a bunch of like uh batarangs mm. on uh strings yeah. to tie them up. Yeah.
2: And I I will say I will say uh one interesting thing. Um the, the Batwing the Bat yeah, the Batwing here looks a lot like um it does in the uh Tim Burton Batman movie.
0: Yeah, and the nineties cartoon. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. But, like, I feel like I feel like it looks like, the, it looks like the one from the Batman movie because that also came out in the 80s. Yeah. Much least... later in the 80s, but still. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that might be on purpose.
0: Yeah. So then we have this nice big splash page of uh, Batman uh, kind of coming out of the Bat-jet. And, like, he's, he's yeah. flying and looks mm-hmm. pretty cool.
2: Yeah. And he's holding some kind of spear. Yeah. Which we'll see in a second what that fully is.
0: So it turns out to be a magnet that he yeah. uses to tie up these bad guys
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, with the batarangs that he's attached to them.
2: Yeah. Hopefully nobody's got a plate in their skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so then we go to the bat cave and Bruce Wayne is updating his uh, bat computer with his database of known criminals. You see a picture of the penguin with a black eye. Mm-hmm. And he's got this facial recognition software, which won't be available mm-hmm. to the public for at least twenty years, so <laughs> he's definitely enjoying the perks of like being a billionaire <laughs> um
2: he also mentions he also talks about how um when you get used to fighting in fear of competition, you begin to develop- to develop bad habits, which is just another way of saying that you're unprepared for what comes next, mm-hmm. which is foreshadowing
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so in the next page, yes, we are introduced to the Joker. Yes, he is uh, entering Wayne Enterprises mm-hmm. uh, as a clown who says that he's looking for the daycare, he's the entertainment, yeah. and they just let him right on up to the fifth floor. Yeah.
2: It's actually, it's actually a, like kind of a pretty dark joke because, um, the, the, the like. The um, we see, we see the Joker about to enter the building, and then we see a guy being turned away with the secretary saying, "Um, I'm sorry, but Wayne Enterprise is a secure facility. Without proper credentials, we can't let you in up go up to the executive level." And he goes like, "Oh, I understand." And then the Joker comes in and she's like, "I'm looking for the daycare," and she's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm the entertainment." And she's like, fifth floor."
0: Yeah, like like you said, um, it really kind of uh, it's kind of a dark joke because you've got yeah. the the executives are under tight security, but the children apparently aren't.
2: Any weirdo can just come in and see the children.
0: Yeah. And like, and, and we can assume that this Joker is not a known villain yet at this point. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's not as reckless for her to let him up there at this point, but Mm -hmm. it's still reckless. Like it's still anyone who knows the Joker knows nothing good can come of this.
2: Like, Nineteen eighty-three. I'm pretty sure uh, John Wayne Gacy still um, was was out by this point, so mm-hmm. maybe every guy in make makeup is all I'm saying.
0: Exactly, and so Batman is kind of narrating. He's talking about how mm-hmm. uh, it was easy for him to pick off like what he calls the low hanging fruit, uh, mm-hmm. all the low level criminals, but um, he talks about how metaphorically. Once you get rid of all the low-hanging hang, low fruit, then the branches just get higher. So he's talking about how the villains mm-hmm. get more complex and more dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we'll return to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, back in Metropolis at the Daily Planet, um, Perry White has a new assignment for Lois. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says, wait, it's not A beef... It's not a literally beefy assignment, is it? You're not sending me to a slaughterhouse or something. He's like, what? No, that's what Kent is for. (laughs) Did I hear my name? (laughs) So, um, but basically, he tells uh, Lois and Clark that Lex Luthor is appealing his case. Lex Luthor
2: is appealing. That's highly debatable, Chief. (laughs) I couldn't let that one slide. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, he's appealing his conviction, Wiseacre. Yeah. And so... They're sent to the Metropolis Federal Courthouse to mm-hmm. observe the case and report on that. And the narration switches to Lois Lane's point of view. Yes. Um, in this first panel, you can see a whole lot of '80s fashion. Yes. Good job, all reds. Um, you got, yeah. And have Lots all
2: the shoulder pads.
0: Ads and like the guys look like uh, American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And this guy's got like a great big cell phone he's talking into. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, that's outside the courthouse and then you got Jimmy Olsen in his classic um vest mm-hmm. and bow tie. Yeah. Uh he's he- not allowed in the courtroom, so he he has to park on the steps.
2: Is it just me or does Jimmy look like his hairline's
0: starting to recede? Yeah, he definitely looks a little older. Um yeah. maybe
2: time has gone past here. I mean, he—he was—he was like a teen in like the '60s, so
0: he's got some wrinkles on his forehead mm-hmm. now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, Lois's narration is talking about how, at some point, the country changed. Like she mm-hmm. couldn't fathom how a man who killed millions of people mm-hmm. would even be considered to let go. Like yeah. uh, she says that we forgot the lessons of the past, the lessons it mm-hmm. took. A Great Depression and two world wars to learn. Um, and uh,
2: you can't buy your way out of trouble,
0: yeah. So mm-hmm. then we enter the courtroom, and basically, Lex Luthor's lo- lawyer mm-hmm. is talking them up, saying he's he's a, he's a pillar of the community. Yeah. <laughs> And mm-hmm. he's agreed not to sue the state for false imprisonment, <laughs> yeah
2: because they, they blame it all on the government, yep, he didn't like, do it
0: like he says that well, yeah he says that it was government incompetence that when they mm-hmm. loaned the two nuclear devices to be used in the defense contract demonstration that one of them accidentally de- detonated while on rub, mm-hmm. and it's all the government's fault yes. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. all it takes is Lex giving a stink eye to uh, the state mm-hmm. prosecutor and, yeah, and then the judge vacates the conviction and mm-hmm. Lex is free to go.
2: Yeah, I'm guessing he has uh, blackmail on that uh, other lawyer. Probably. Because that's kind of been a running theme throughout Lex Luthor's half of the story.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we have a scene It looks kind of like Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, except it's a little Lex bit player, and it says, like, he's like, we did it, buddy. And then Lex is like, don't touch me, <laughs> don't touch me. I love that. <laughs> Any other thoughts about this scene?
2: Um, uh, other than, other than, uh, we see, uh, Otis and Miss Tessmacher are still there, uh, not much. Um, I think we, I think we can move on from there.
0: All right. And then we're still at LexCorp. Um, mm. He's he, he's free now. He's able to go back to the office. Mm. And he's like, I suppose I should be grateful for how you all kept this company going while I was away. But strangely, I'm not. Anywho, <laughs> Love the guy. back.
2: What do you got for me? <laughs> uh, kryptonite, Mr. Luther. What's oh, the the Kryptonite? Me, uh it's superman's secret weakness, only it's not secret. He told the world, and we managed to get some. Why well, to destroy Superman, you know, to get revenge and, and likes like face palms at that.
0: yes, he has the biggest face palm uh-huh and and when and when should I do that, Otis during recess on the playground before
2: fifth period uh-huh um, and Otis apologizes. I'm sorry, Mister Latour. I just thought, uh, <laughs> so and
0: Lex asks, like "Superman, guy worth anyway?" Mm-hmm. And so they, his um, his accountants or his his staff kind of tells him that they've done the best opposition research they could into him, but they find no capital or assets in Superman's portfolio. They guess he has negative net worth. They call him a charity case. And Lex says, "Would you like to say it?"
2: Cripes! The guy's already destroyed himself!
0: <laughs> so...
2: Right.
0: So, Lex is ready to move on from that, <laughs> because he's he's not really concerned about Superman. And he says the one thing we need to do to fulfill our destiny to achieve full market capitalization is to acquire Wayne Enterprises.
1: Yes. Bum, bum, bum.
0: And... In the news on the next page, Mm -hmm. our top story tonight, Wayne Enterprises rejected a buyout offer from LexCorp. Of course. Uh, Bruce Wayne says that it's not for sale and won't be as long as he's in charge. Mm -hmm. So then we find Lex looking pretty angry and bitter inside of his uh, office. Mm -hmm. Uh, A rare
2: setback for LexCorp.
0: mm -hmm. And uh, the news continues to report About how Lex Corp's stock price has dropped 13 points in trading. But in other news, everyone's Mm -hmm. looking up to the skies and they're wondering whatever became of Superman now that he's retired. A good question. It's Um, been two years to the day since the world's greatest hero was last seen in public. mm -hmm. And now everyone's asking, has he abandoned us?
2: Yes. Uh, Before we move on, I actually have a couple of thoughts on this uh, Lex Luthor scene. Sure. Um. I actually really love, like, okay, so 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 one of my sort of controversial opinions um, on Superman is that I kind of think the John Byrne stuff is a little overrated. Um, what, one of my reasons being, uh, obviously, making Lex Luthor a businessman um, was a was it was a good move. Like, it's made the character more interesting and richer and all that. But what I don't like about specifically how Byrne did it in those, like, in like you know in the beginning of his in his run. Uh, his sort of how he seemed to perceive the idea of businessman like Lex Luthor. Um, his Lex Luthor was kind of just a crooked businessman. Like he wasn't really a genius. He wasn't really a scientist. He had scientists that worked for him, but he was just a businessman, just a crooked, you know. And it was later writers that brought back the mad scientist element of the character Mm -hmm. and brought us to the Lex Luthor up today, who is a mad genius who also sometimes runs a company. And I think that's kind of the, the. Ultimate Lex for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I've never really been a fan of just evil businessman Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And this comic makes it work. Makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um because he's not really a supervillain. He doesn't wear a purple costume, he doesn't make outlandish gadgets, uh, he doesn't he's not trying to take over the world. He's just trying to be the richest guy around. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he has zero interest in killing Superman with kryptonites just shows the uniqueness of this take on the character. Um, and I really dig that. It's interesting. Um,
0: I, 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 I want to say that I like how there's so many big L's all around the place. Like
2: uh-huh.
0: Even in his office, like, there's just a yes. big L on the mantle of his fireplace. His
2: his but, ego is definitely still super villain size.
0: Yes, and um,
2: I feel like uh, I feel like there was
0: more to this story then mm-hmm. I imagine that him and Superman would have clashed more and more direct. Maybe with the Kryptonite because you can see it on top of uh, his mm-hmm. bookshelf there, or where or his case where the TV is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, well, as we continue to talk about the story, we'll see why they don't get to have a lot of direct conflict. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so. Superman mm-hmm. is in his fortress with um, Jor-el, and mm-hmm. he says, "It's finished. Well done, my son." So he decides to announce to the world. He has a press conference, and he says mm-hmm. that um, he says that I have discovered a way to analyze the quantum DNA signature of every human being on Earth. Mm -hmm. and he calls it Project Humanity. Yes. Basically, if someone gives him a sample of their DNA, he can diagnose Mm -hmm. and cure every disease they have or ever will have. Yeah. (laughs) And he says, best of all, it's completely free of charge. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, so all you have to do is uh, take this one-time chewable tablet, which cures every disease on Earth. And so the reporters ask him... Why are you doing this when you could be taking out terrorists and drug dealers?
2: All I really have to say is that I do like this is the one part I found a little bit the one like the one moment I found a little bit uh, corny is maybe the right word i I don't believe the reporter asked me Superman, why are you talking why are you doing this instead of talking taking out terrorists and drug dealers? like he just told them all that he found a cure for everything and this guy's asking about terrorists and drug dealers.
0: Yeah, like like that's like a come twin. on, like can you can you be at least a little bit excited yeah. or like that? You know?
2: That's like a straw man to me.
0: And interestingly, this reporter looks to me a lot like Brad Pitt in that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that. I wonder if and that's the guy next to, and
2: the guy next to him looks like um uh the Anchorman character. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, he does look. Uh, is that um both? Uh, Will Ferrell and Steve Carell, maybe. I think so. <laughs> yeah, the other guy
2: does look a little like Steve Carell too. Now you mention it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like uh, they're not like perfect like recreations, but they do look like they've been referenced from somewhere. So it was probably yeah. those guys,
2: maybe. If isn't, in- if I learned that it's intentional, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was.
0: Yeah, like both of those are like period pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's kind of cool to like you know yeah. if, if the all reds are using that as their inspiration indeed all right so um so superman has announced his uh his cure to the world mm-hmm. he says something i've come to learn over the last 20 years is that sometimes well while sometimes you have to get rough with people you don't heal the world with violence you heal the world well by healing it and he references mm-hmm. that he recently lost someone who was close to him. We know he lost his father. Yes. And um, he says, life is a battle that we all lose eventually. So that's why you can't live it like it's a war.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so then the um, next page, we're in New Mexico, and we see that he's already begun opening mm-hmm. up these clinics for project humanity mm-hmm. um there's a long line of people waiting for their miracle cure um, but, but superman personally himself is like you know seeing all the patients and taking their dna mm-hmm. samples uh, mm-hmm. he's here, here we see him with a nice old woman mm-hmm. um they're processing her lab results and they say her tablets should arrive in a couple of
2: weeks mm-hmm. so he explains to this little lady that she can just Uh, eat it whole and it tastes like root beer. Um, And he asked her anything else and she just says, yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, like you can see already how big an impact this is having on people. Uh And um, interestingly, it reminds me of what's going on in X-Men comic books right now. Um, Have you been reading any of those books?
2: Not reading them myself, but I keep up to date. I, you know, I hear through the vine.
0: Well, I won't spoil anything for you or our our listeners. I'll just say that um, lately, uh, the X-Men have –
2: well, is this a spoiler? (laughs) Uh, eh. Um, We're already spoiling this comic. We might as well.
0: Should we spoil other
2: comics?
0: (laughs) Uh... I mean, this happened years ago. So basically, over in the X-Men comic books, they now have been able to combine their – mutant abilities to uh resurrect themselves from death and also other people and and they have been creating all of these miracle drugs and and kind of destabilizing the global economy by by doing all these things and it's kind of interesting how how ambitious superhero comic books are now because they're kind of like trying to uh, examine what might happen if such miracle cures existed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see it happening with Superman here in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's some pushback, and you know, like people don't necessarily trust him. But, mm-hmm. um, but we all know Superman is legit.
2: I definitely feel like this this plays out more like like with with with, with the X Men. It makes sense for it to be a more like difficult situation with, like, people not trusting and blah, 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 you know? Because that's the X-Men. The X-Men are the, you know, the heroes that, you know, defend a world that fears and hates them, you know? That's kind of their deal. But Superman, you know, he's the guy who saves the world. The, I, I really like... I really like this story's idea of, like, how does Superman save the world? Like, well, he... In, in more than just the way he traditionally does, like, he finds a way to cure everything. And like you said, it's a little bumpy, but it it works out pretty well. You know, most people like there's this huge line of people, you know, Uh, most people are willing to trust Superman on this one. And I like that.
0: Yeah. And another uh, difference between this and X-Men is that the Mm -hmm. X-Men are trying to do this within ongoing continuity. So it's like there's always that tension of like, well, they can't really change the status quo too much if they want to keep yeah. telling stories that are relatable, you know, or or, exactly. you know, or familiar to people. But yeah. this Superman story is a limited series, so like, they can mm-hmm. absolutely change the status quo, and like, yeah. he can solve the world's problems, or who knows? Like, mm-hmm. like at this anything point, yeah, at yeah. this point of the story, anything could happen, so it's pretty exciting to Heck, see. the Earth could blow up. Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so let's move on to this next scene.
2: Okay, I'm sorry, but actually there's one more thing I want to bring up before sure. we move on. Uh, this fellow in the lab coat at the clinic, does he look at all familiar to you? I, his, he, his long hair does look kind of like noticeable. Who's, who's He also has a mustache and he mentions, he says, gave me a job when I really needed one. Helped me turn my life around. Uh, this is scutch. The pimp from the last oh decade. my goodness no it, yes. oh and it's new Mexico oh my it's New goodness. Mexico where are you wow. taking me New Mexico
0: <laughs> yeah I'm so glad you pointed that out because yeah. I did not catch that
2: I actually I actually didn't catch it until I reread this whole series the day I like when we first recorded the the first podcast oh, Uh my goodness <laughs> and so I've been waiting to I've been waiting to get to this one to bring that out because I didn't catch that the first time.
0: Look at Scutch turning his life around. Yeah.
2: Okay. I definitely think that's like a that's a that's a thing you catch when you reread it.
0: Yeah, like that's. Um,
2: <laughs> or maybe more people will notice it when it comes out in in trade, and you know they read it as like one big graphic novel. But I definitely didn't didn't think about it the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's the nice thing about Superman, you know. Like
3: yeah.
2: we're introduced to this guy as like a tall scumbag, you know. He's like mm-hmm. gonna cut someone, and now he's working in a clinic. And yeah. he seems to be doing well.
0: Yeah. That's Superman. He helps people exactly. turn their lives around and, and helps yeah. inspire them to, to be the yeah. best. They can be.
2: No matter what your problem is, Superman's going to save you.
0: And that's or, beautiful. Or he's going to try, at least. He's, um, gonna,
2: he's still going to try.
0: In this next scene, we return to Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. who's a bit of a tougher nut to crack. because
2: yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone he can't save.
0: Yeah, because... um. Fresh from his twenty year sabbatical is what they're referring to as his, <laughs> his prison car yeah. Uh mm-hmm. is Lex Luthor. He's giving basically a TED talk that. for his uh employees. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's telling jokes. He's yeah you know, he's really working the crowd. Yeah. Any Would lines? I like to call out? Yeah. Sorry.
2: Any lines that you want to call out? Oh uh, oh I well I just I wanna point out specifically, um I think it's great that like Otis here clearly tries to like he says 20 as you pointed out he says 20 year sabbatical and then Lex immediately makes a I was in jail joke um which I feel like is an interesting like maybe I'm overanalyzing but I kind of like it kind of shows the contrast between uh, Otis being like oh yeah you, we can't talk about how he was in jail and Lex being like no don't you see that's how I get sympathy because I'm innocent so I can talk about it and people just, and again, that just makes that just furthers the image that I'm this like, um, perfect man who can get get out of anything. Uh so I, I do think that's interesting. Maybe I'm overanalyzing, but at least that's what I took away from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely gives off the vibe of like a comedian who can say yeah. whatever he wants because he owns this stage. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he says, "I'm here to talk." He says, I'm here to talk to you about you. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? Why do you show up to work every morning? I mean, it's for the money, right? Money! (laughs) Woohoo! He's like, wrong. And he goes on to talk about how uh, humans got by for hundreds of thousands of years before there was anything like money. Mm -hmm. And he says that uh, the, the thing that humans can't live without, the things that have gotten us up in the morning... Since our caveman days. Mm-hmm. Was winning.
1: Winning. <laughs> yes.
0: A very Trump like thing to say. Um, Indeed. <laughs> there will be so much winning. All the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. He talks about how the cavemen Designed new weapons. To beat the people. Armed with the old weapons. Exactly. And how. Every animal pet pelt that we wore every fight we won every mm-hmm. time we pass on our jeans to a new child it all shows that we had won something mm-hmm. it's proof to what whoever dropped us on this planet or for whatever reason that we deserve to be here mm-hmm. so like he goes on and the, the crowd loves him they laugh you know yep. they are listening to what he's saying he's very charismatic like the 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 physical gestures that the Allreds have drawn here is very well. Yeah.
2: The way he points at the audience. Mm
0: hmm. Like his finger almost comes out of the page. He's like, So yeah. what do have
2: to say about you? Yeah. Because he, he basically told these pharmacists that, like, Superman just took away their jobs. Mm hmm.
0: And he's not entirely wrong. The Superman won without even trying. Mm hmm. I would what say, does that he say about
2: did you? Try, but you know, like he did put a lot of
0: effort in, but
2: Lex Well yeah. Care. He spent like years in his fortress trying to figure this out. Yeah, but Lex doesn't care. Yeah. Um so he,
0: then we return to Smallville, Kansas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you get a nice big panel of the house on the mm-hmm. farm. You see Lois and Ma chatting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just want to point out like on the exterior shot, you can see Superman or, or mm-hmm. Clark sitting on the porch. That's yeah. Cute. yeah. Uh, and then um, basically, they're kind of there to check up on Ma Kent. Lois mm-hmm. says that you could move in with us, you know. There's plenty of room at the Fortress of Solitude, and the view is practically the same. Just miles and miles of nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Ma Kent says that's pretty much the view from everywhere at her age. Yeah. So then uh, back on the front porch, you see that Superman or Clark is actually sitting there with his son. Mm -hmm. They're talking about how they miss Grandpa. Mm -hmm. And his son asks, you're not going to die, right? I mean, you're immortal. Superman says that there's no such thing, son. Everything that had a beginning will by definition come to an end. The day comes for all of us when you leave behind the things you love, which is both death's tragedy and its promise. Mm-hmm. So Great. any thoughts about these scenes in, in Smallville?
2: I mean so so the, the sort of wisdom he parts onto to his son here. It's some good, interesting, like introspective thoughts. Like, there's there's a lot there's a lot of interesting sort of observations in this comic as there usually are in, um, uh, Mark Russell comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and like like you know it's it's a good it's a good what he says here it's a good, deep thought interesting thought you know I'll chew on, but the snarky part of me, um, my kind of sense of humor can't help but notice how in the first like in the like this is like this is you know. Fathers, the relationship between fathers and sons is a recurring theme in this book. Of course,
3: because
2: mm-hmm. in the first two books, we see a, we get a lot of like Jonathan and Jor-El parting their wisdom on the Clark, you know, and a mm-hmm. lot of it is kind of is like it's a mi- it's a good mix of like harsh truths and like up op- like you know, but like nice comforting ideas. Um, and here the, the and this is this is a great moment of like this is Clark's this is Clark becoming the father, you know, like yeah. you know he's obviously he's already had a son through you know a good chunk of the story, but this is the moment when he does what his dads have been doing. He passes on wisdom to his son, you know? Yeah. Like He's now the father in the father and son relationship. And it's a good moment because of that.
0: Like, uh, to to
2: recall the Superman
0: movie, uh, uh, Marlon Brando says, the son becomes the father, and the father becomes the son. There's something to that effect.
2: (laughs) uh, That's it. That's the line. And it's it's like that. It's a great part. But it's funny to me that um, Clark's wisdom to his son is just we're all going to die
0: i mean it's true like i i yeah, like it's that true. It's
2: superman who faces
0: his mortality like he, mm-hmm. he i don't think he would want to live forever even if he could because yeah, yeah. He, like he he kind of talks about how like death's tragedy and promise is that you know like mm-hmm. at some point death mm-hmm. comes for all of us one way or another
2: mm-hmm. i mean, it just you kind of want to be a sweet wholesome moment but it's not entirely because he's talking about death. Yeah. So I it's mean, a little bit... My dark sense of humor, it's a little bit funny. But it's still a nice moment, you know? Like, for me... I um, take it seriously. I...
0: For me... Um, you know, it... Uh, it, I take it pretty seriously just because, uh, you know... Um, like, my own father passed away last year. And, you know... Like, and then I think it's important for everybody in their lives to like, you know, kind of uh, to make their peace with death, so to speak, because yeah. like you're saying, it's it comes for all of us. Like we have mm-hmm. to live our lives in a way that we can kind of, you know, I guess, like I said, make our peace with it. Yeah. But um, I think you're coming from definitely. To, but to move on from that, uh, mm-hmm. the book actually moves on because the next fifteen pages are in Gotham City. <laughs> yes. Um, wow. where authorities have are calling something the Pied Piper kidnapping. Yes. So basically, the Joker has mm-hmm. kidnapped seven children from Wayne Enterprises, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and we get a. Commissioner Gordon cameo with Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing all they can to locate the children. Mm-hmm. Bruce is offering a $10,000 reward for mm-hmm. any information that leads to the children's return.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the Joker is in yeah. his out with the kids. They're mm-hmm. tied up. They, they're, their mouths are uh, taped mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And then he says to the kids, you hear that? Your lives are worth about what he bets on a round of
2: golf. I mm-hmm. know, right? What a cheapskate. Yeah. So, which is some pretty good, like, Joker. Like, it's kind of funny, but also it's like, ter- like the situation is clearly terrifying. Like, it's mm-hmm. that kind of uneasy middle ground that mm-hmm. makes the Joker interesting, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And so, Bruce is like looking for the Joker um, mm-hmm. with his with his computers and high technology. Um, but he can't match him to anyone in the database. Yeah. It, it, his database can't even give him a list of likely matches. It's as if he mm-hmm. knows that he has this technology. Yeah, yeah. But the Joker is able to call him on his personal phone, and he's like, mm-hmm. Hello, I'm selling child size coffins. I heard you might be in the market. They're pine-scented, spacious, and then Bruce is like, who are you? What do you want? Yeah. Um, so the Joker says, please don't interrupt me. I'm only going to say this once. And then he starts to tell his, his story. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't specifically say it's his story. In fact, he yeah. said it's the story of a young child, of a young girl who had the remarkably poor luck of being the daughter of a part-time clown. Mm-hmm. So we see that her name is Tabitha. And mm-hmm. they were living in uh, a tenement slum um, mm-hmm. known as Wayne Towers, uh, yes. which at the time was a huge insurance scam
1: mm-hmm. a
0: death trap because it's caught on fire mm-hmm. uh, and this, and the Joker
1: mm-hmm.
0: is dressed as a clown because he says he's a part-time clown. Yes. He must be coming home from work mm-hmm. and he's trying to run into the building to save his daughter. The mm-hmm. firefighters tell him to stop, but he does it anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. But he
0: fails to save her. Yeah, and, and he's and they pull him out, and he's covered in burns. Yeah, but he survives.
2: That's that's kind of like this this story's version of the the permanent smile. They mm-hmm. usually get some like falling into bad chemicals or whatever. His mm-hmm. face is just so burnt; it's almost like a. Some something similar to like a Glasgow smile, except instead of a cut, it's like his flesh is burnt.
0: Yeah, like he's not just in clown paint; he's physically mm-hmm. disfigured. Yeah, and uh, you see that creepy permanent smile. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, also, you you, you um, it, it, this happened earlier, and you didn't quite mention it, but um, we see that the he like when he when he went into the Wayne building, he was wearing like a fake smile, like a fake like a mask to make him look slightly more normal. Because uh, we see him holding it in the, in the when he's watching the TV and telling the kids that uh, he's only offering ten thousand for their return.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: See what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's just a tiny little detail I just thought I'd I'd mention.
0: And and then on the phone with Bruce, he says um, that uh, when you hope that your child died of smoke inhalation instead of burning alive. Well, let's just say it changes the way you define hope, which is kind of an interesting inversion of the theme of hope we've been talking about. Because here we have the villain talking about how this, you could say his one bad day, which yeah. is something that the Joker is known for having with his various origins. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. it, it's down this dark path and um, uh-huh. he takes Bruce. If you had lost someone you love like that, do you have any idea what you'd want to do to those responsible? So Bruce, Mm -hmm. of course, says, yes, I think I do, which is Mm -hmm. a nice little uh, inference that he's probably talking about his own parents.
2: Yeah. The one subtle nod to what's usually a whole, like, segment of the story.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which I
0: appreciate. Yeah. So, uh, then we have another cool uh, full-page panel of uh, Bruce uh, in his Batman costume, uh, leaving Wayne Tower in the the night, trying to trace Mm -hmm. the call. Mm -hmm. Joker has an interesting narration. He says, I guess I just want Mm -hmm. you to understand what people like me have always known, that life is just a four-letter word for consequences.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, and then he says, though I suppose the term insurance scam is a tad redundant. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. about that one. But, well, two so, back in this call, he's, he's uh, running through Gotham, he finds a phone booth, mm-hmm. and inside the phone booth is Lucius Fox. Mm-hmm. He said uh, he has the he has the phone tied to a cell phone, which is calling mm-hmm. Bruce. And he says, mm-hmm. "I had to." He has my son. Mm-hmm. So at this moment, Joker says, "One way or another, you'll pay, and no act of God will mm-hmm. save you." And then the whole mm-hmm. phone booth explodes. Kaboom! Yeah. Uh,
2: Kaboom! Seemingly killing Lucius Fox. Apparently, uh, sorry. Um, probably killing Lucius Fox and scarring at Bruce's face. Yeah,
0: like, you can kind of see uh, Lucius Fox's glasses there in the, um... Explosion. Oh, yeah, I,
2: I didn't notice that before. Kind of, like, d-
0: disturbing. <laughs> about yeah, it. actually. So, from there, uh, Bruce survives the explosion, and he says that he went out that night and every night after looking for the clown, but he couldn't find mm-hmm. him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's roughing up all the henchman of the Joker who dressed in clown costumes. He's like, where is he? A Very Bozo
2: the Clown looking guy here.
0: Yep. He says, I don't know. Nobody does. He just gets in touch when he needs us.
2: Mm -hmm. So
0: Bruce is at his wit's end trying to find the Joker, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't really have to because the Joker knows how to find him. He gives him a Mm -hmm. call again on his personal phone. Mm -hmm. And he basically Sets the yeah. terms of his ransom. He he has the yeah. kids, um, mm. bound and their heads are covered. Yeah, and he's and tell- he
2: points out that
0: technically uh, he owes him the ten grand for information about the whereabouts. Um, more than ten grand. He says uh, he wants a million dollars as mm. part of the ransom, and then he wants the ten grand on top of that—the ten grand that Bruce offered before. Yeah. Yep. All right, so. Then Bruce agrees, and they meet at this really worn down building. You can assume mm-hmm. it's the same building where his daughter burned up. You can see there's yes. a Wayne Tower sign yeah. out front.
2: Yeah, and it does look burnt, and all the windows are shattered and everything. So yeah,
0: so we're, we return to the scene of the original crime, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and here. Um, There's some interesting narration about masks. Bruce says, we wear Mm. masks to conceal ourselves from the world, but nothing makes us disappear or hides us better than simply pretending to want what everyone else does. Wearing a mask makes you feel Mm. somehow more mysterious and yet better understood. You wear a mask so that you can take it off, so you can lead what you imagine is your real life, not realizing that you're always wearing a mask. And all of this talk of masks mm-hmm. is because we yeah. see that the Joker is dressed up like Bruce Wayne, mask and outfit mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Only difference, is got I guess, in this, world... of oh.
2: blood. Yes. Uh, in this world, Yes. Yes, in this world, about Bruce Wayne masks are like Richard Richard Nixon masks.
0: Yeah, like uh, they, they people might wear them for Halloween. <laughs>
2: Yeah, or to rob a bank. <laughs> so, anywho. Um, the reason he's... Uh, do you want to explain why he's wearing the mask, or should I? Well, um, so... Should I? I? knows
0: should. that the police have followed him. And we mm. see on the next page, Commissioner Gordon and some police are uh, aiming sniper rifles across the street, through the window. But all they see is two Bruce Wayne, so they don't know who to shoot at. But then the Joker leads Bruce away from the window so they can talk more privately and he can remove his mask. He's like, ah, that feels better.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And then he starts talking to Bruce Wayne about money and he compares it to a religion. He says money is the world's largest religion. And... He's basically proving a point to Bruce Wayne. He lights the money on fire, the million dollars that he brought him. And it kind of shows just how crazy he is. It's kind of like uh, the Dark Knight movie. Do you remember that scene where the Joker burns up all the money?
2: Yeah, this part definitely reminds me of that scene.
0: Yeah. So here again, we have another um, kind of anti-capitalist Joker. Mm -hmm. And he's not even going to like, yeah. turn over the kids. So mm-hmm. he's talking to Bruce. Um are there any quotes here that you want to call out? Uh well,
2: I, did you I did you already mention the whole speech he gave about asking Bruce if he's a religious man, asking him what the world's largest religion is? I
0: just kind um, of over it.
2: Yeah, yeah. He like he kind of goes in, like honestly, the whole thing I feel like it would be a disservice to take any one quote out of there because it's a whole unified speech. Um, but I do, I do think it's an interesting, because if, if I may get into what I thought, find interesting about this book's take on the Joker, um, and why I like it as a unique sort of take on the Joker, um, because usually I, I don't really think the Joker needs to be a sympathetic character, like, in the mainstream, uh, comics. Like, my main, t- my preferred take on the Joker is he's, he's not, he, he wasn't really ruined by one bad day, you know? He's not just, deep down, a, a innocent victim of some uh, tragedy. Um, he's a bad dude. Like, he's a... Um, he's an agent of chaos, because he doesn't care about anyone else, you know? He's mm-hmm. just doing it all for his own amusement. That's my preferred take on the Joker. But this... This Joker isn't that. This Joker is a man out for revenge. Um, and he's sort of sympathetic... But like it, it's it's kind of because because you know obviously we feel bad for him because he lost his daughter and that's why he's like this now. But he's also endangering other people's children, um, for his own revenge. Mm-hmm. So he's not a deeply sympathetic Joker. You know, he's not he's and he's certainly not a good guy. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of and like he is he makes kind of a point about you know people getting too obsessed with money and all that and putting it above all else. Um, but he's still not correct. And that's what I... So I really dig... I don't think it needs to be the main version of the Joker. Partially because I don't think many writers can do it as well as Russell does it. But, um, excuse me, I do like this version of the Joker.
0: I You make a good point. Like, I, I pretty much agree that the Joker, in most cases, doesn't need to be a sympathetic character. Um, mm-hmm. He He's one of the most you know, unrepentant villains that Batman faces. Um, and his origin has been like so mysterious and, and, uh, you know, uncertain for so long that it's interesting that we get a more definite origin here, but I agree with you. I think it kind of works for this story, but I wouldn't necessarily want to see it, um, brought into the main universe. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, It's it's kind of an interesting setup here where... Um, well, we'll see later. I'll, we'll mention later what we learn about the Joker. But mm-hmm. for now, he's lighting the money on fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then um, he's telling Bruce that um, he's doing this because he wants to prove that maybe there's something more important to rich people than money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Bruce warns him, he's like, you won't make it out of this building alive. They'll kill you. Mm-hmm. But the Joker is certain that they won't mm-hmm. because he has a plan. He puts his Bruce mask back on. He
2: mm-hmm. has
0: Bruce put on the clown mask. Well, yeah.
2: Bruce Bruce does that on his own
0: accord because it's his plan. No, he says, now go, tell him. Go tell them.
2: Well, yeah, but he doesn't... He doesn't say anything about the clown mask cuz he doesn't know that Bruce has a clown mask. Um and Bruce like tackles the like tackles the Joker in his Bruce Wayne mask. Um and so the the police snipers, you know, see a clown so they start firing. Um like I don't think I don't think the Joker knew that Bruce had a clown mask.
0: Um I see what you're saying. Yeah, like cuz like he doesn't explicitly tell him to put on the clown mask. Bruce yeah. pulls it out of his pocket. yeah yeah. before you know it he's like put it on he's tackling the joker and the bruce mask so like okay so i see what's going on here like i I had to read this a couple times because it's not very explicit through the text i think Mm -hmm. but but once you read the narration it is more clear because like batman says Mm -hmm. that um that he, he is like the trolley problem yeah he goes back to his main perspective where he said you do whatever mm-hmm. it takes to deny mm-hmm. the villain what they wanted. Even if yeah. it means letting an innocent person die. Because in the end, no one is innocent. Because in the end, that's what saves lives. So I guess it was his plan
3: yes.
0: to sacrifice himself to mm-hmm. thwart the Joker, save the kids. But, mm-hmm. but sadly, we see that the snipers take action and shoot both him and the Joker. They're riddled with bullets and bloods mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the Joker, died. black
2: blood. Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah, the Joker and Bruce both die. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. I just.
0: Yeah, I was just saying that. But the Joker dies laughing.
2: Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts?
0: Any final thoughts about this scene?
2: Um, it's a good scene. Uh, I guess I kind of, I kind of already gave my whole uh speech about the Joker, um, this version. And I do, I do really like the idea of Bruce, um, like Bruce Wayne nobly sacrificing himself—not Batman, but, um, in 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 his you know as as Bruce Wayne, um, yeah, having like, a last a last plan to save Gotham that cost him his own life.
0: Yeah, like it's it's very tragic, but it very much completes his arc here because mm-hmm. Bruce, throughout this story, has been trying to. He's been trying to put on this mask of Batman thinking mm-hmm. he can save the day thinking he can, you know, balance his scale, so to speak, because um, we, earlier we saw him saving five lives here, 10 lives there. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, the work of Wayne Enterprises was, was harming far more people. Mm-hmm. And so over the, arc of the story he he realizes he has to step up not as batman but as bruce wayne like he has to go back to wayne enterprises and and stop Mm -hmm. the corruption he has to intervene in the situation Mm -hmm. with the joker in a way that only he can as bruce wayne not as batman
2: yeah and it actually occurred to me like thinking about it uh like yesterday um what he meant when he said no one is innocent um like like, I think that's him sort of talking about how he's he sees himself as sort of culpable for the in, uh for the sins of Wayne Enterprises, um, to an extent, and I kind of think that's an interesting, it's...
0: yeah, like that's an interesting observation. Like, I was a little, I was a little, I didn't really understand that line myself because mm-hmm. you know, clearly in this instance, he's trying to save children who are clearly innocent, yeah, yeah. um, but. But you know, I, I think it's just kind of a Batman way of thinking. Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's um it's it's very sad, but it's it's it wasn't going to be a happy ending for them, I don't think.
2: <laughs> I also did okay, I also did just notice something, if I may interrupt and uh give one more thought. Um I did notice that Joker's Bruce Wayne mask has a different hairstyle. Than the actual Bruce Wayne. And it actually looks a little more like. Traditional Bruce Wayne design. Like it's it's slick back. Um, it kind of looks a little bit like. A Dick Sprang Bruce Wayne drawing. You know. Um, and I, I feel like that has to be. At least someone on purpose. And I do think that's a little bit interesting.
0: Maybe. Like um, I hate to say it. But from my perspective. I feel like it's just like average white
2: man mask. I mean yes. <laughs> That is kind of the truth of uh, Batman and also kind of Superman. Yeah. Um, But. Hey, what is the
0: Superman mask?
2: (laughs) That would actually be kind of great. (laughs) Considering the classic um, uh, the the whole like classic they just need to switch costumes and they're suddenly like Batman just needs to put on a Superman costume without his mask on. He looks like Superman and Superman just needs to put on the Batman mask and he looks like Batman.
0: Like, it uh, doesn't have the yeah, I, Mark S curl, but we've yeah. said before that Mark Russell's faces aren't always mm-hmm. the most distinct, and here, you know, um, it's a mask on top of that, so it's like <laughs> Yeah. So, it's, and, it's uh, who who's, who can say, but um, it's, it is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you could kind of, like, look at it from mm-hmm. a couple of different angles. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So shall we move on to the next scene? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. So we're back uh, in Metropolis. It's 1985. Mm -hmm. We are at the Seagull Bar next to Joe's shoe store once again. And the pariah is back at the bar. Um, Clark meets him there. He says, oh, it's you. Come to gloat, I suppose. But mm-hmm. Pariah says, "Is that what you think I've been doing on this uneven bar stool for the past 20 years? Gloating? I'm not gloating. And Clark orders his usual milk, but Pariah says, "I came to tell you that this is the day, the day it all ends. <laughs> and Clark is shocked. Mm-hmm. He says, perhaps I was shocked for perhaps shocked was the wrong word for it. I had long known this day was coming. I just hoped it never would. Hope being the castle we usually die in. So it's a little grim. Um, okay. Clark says, I don't suppose you're here to help, are you? He says, nope, this is the end, kid. And what is there to say at the end? But I'm sorry.
1: Hmm.
0: So um, so our our countdown clock is close to midnight. <laughs> a doomsday clock, so to speak. Oh, and. boy. Um, And we return to uh, LexCorp, his office. Um, Mm -hmm. So just months after the tragic and untimely death of its CEO, the board of Wayne Enterprises has agreed to shell Bruce Wayne's shares to LexCorp, making them the biggest corporation in the world. Lex says, and... Turns off the TV. Mm -hmm. And... All of his staff is just giving him major applause. Um, Mm -hmm. How'd you do it, Mr. Luthor? You have a man on the inside? He says, no, a man on the outside. I simply fed him information and cash. He was motivated enough to do the rest on his own. And so we see that he's talking about the Joker. So Lex was behind that all around. Mm Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. he gets up on top of his desks and starts dancing and, and he's celebrating. Like the he absolute has tool work. he is. hmm He finally eliminates his only business rival uh, mm-hmm. after decades of uh, back and forth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then we start and- to see uh, he's also driving Superman out of the pharmaceutical business. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, they're putting up new um, billboards mm-hmm. with Lex's face instead of Superman on there mm-hmm. because he's paid off some congressmen to make mm-hmm. Superman's DNA collections illegal.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, he says...
0: But, yeah. He mm-hmm. yeah, says, so soon, yeah, have... the world will depend on LexCorp for its very survival. Um, he's mm-hmm. He's very excited about the future. He says, "This is the happiest mm-hmm. day of my life." By God, he I've wipes done a it. tear from his eye. Mm-hmm. He says, "All my mm-hmm. hard work, all my suffering, I've achieved my dreams. I've won. Don't you understand? I've won." And at that very moment, he looks behind him to see the sky is on fire. He says, "What's wrong with the yeah. sky?"
2: Yeah, uh, I do say I do. I do like that the, the thing that makes him actually hate Superman is being him being his business competitor. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way he, this version of Lex actually cares about Superman. Um, yeah. But like, so yeah, he just moving on. To oh, be, yeah.
0: He, he doesn't want anyone to be uh, mm-hmm. o- above him. He feels like he should be the boss of everything.
2: Yeah. So really in this comic his arch enemy is Bruce Wayne. Not even yep. Batman but Bruce Wayne. And that yep. is interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Then meanwhile at the Hall of Justice uh mm-hmm.
2: Meanwhile,
0: at the Hall of Justice, mm-hmm. just like in the old Sorry. Super cartoons, uh, yeah, yeah, Green Lantern is informing everybody that the anti monitor has completely drained the universe of antimatter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the time has come, but then Flash says, "Oh, and I was almost finished building this little Eiffel Tower replica." <laughs> yeah. Um. So oh, Barry, then, like, wait, where's Batman? Because I guess the Justice League doesn't know what happened to Bruce. Yeah. But then they decide to go do what they decided Mm -hmm. to do the day that they first entered that place, which is go save lives. Yeah,
1: as many as they can. mm
0: -hmm. We'll return to that in a moment. But back at the Fortress of Solitude, Mm -hmm. we see that um, Superman is preparing the memory crystals of all the quantum DNA signatures of everyone whose DNA he's collected. He's got billions of people's DNA compressed into a single data crystal. Mm -hmm. As much of humanity as as possible has been shrunk down inside a piece of glass, which Mm -hmm. is a very very interesting panel because uh, uh, basically he has the whole world in his hands, which is kind of like (laughs) the, the first... Cover of the first issue, you see Superman. He's oh, got yeah. in his hands. Um, I, I like consider that like it's kind of like that old uh, song. He's got the whole yeah. world in his hands. And, uh,
2: he's got the whole uh, mm-hmm. world. yeah,
0: and uh, so he's he's and it's and it's also s- similar to how the Bottle City of Kandor was a whole town, or not quite a world, oh, but it yeah. had a whole. People in and city. history, small compressed mm. things. So it's easy to see where he got the idea. Like mm. all this kind well, of Well, except there's his...
2: actually, yeah. There's actually a panel that implies that the idea came from uh, Flash's ship in a bottle, but he's embarrassed that's... to tell him, to say that's where he got the idea from. Yeah. But, I,
0: but... I, I do think that a city in a bottle or a boat in a bottle, it's all kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah. Uh,
2: I definitely did think the fortress, um, the I'll see a candor when I first read this until I got mm-hmm. to that panel mm-hmm. so I see where you're coming from
0: and so then he uh, also grabs the journal that his mother gave him he mm-hmm. says farewell human race and thank you for everything yeah and so then we see a huge double splash page of the Justice League trying to save the day um with our, it's happening
1: in uh, your hometown.
0: That's right. And mm-hmm. uh, lots of massive destruction, like the Capitol building is falling apart. Um, yep. People are, you know, all over the place, scared. Of, and it's pretty devastating. Um, yep. Yeah. There's yeah. a kid in the center. He's wearing a shirt, his, and it says, relax. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just can't with... Like all red. like this is too yeah funny. Like it's darkly funny where like all that this chaos is. is going on. That but is in pretty the middle. Funny. It says <laughs>
2: relax, just chill.
0: But there's some more narration. It says, uh, "This, like mm-hmm. all our previous efforts to save the human race, is probably doomed. But then again, we yeah. don't do what we do because we expect it to work. We do it because it's who we are." And then you get to yep. see how all the heroes are just doing their best to save people. Yeah. Um, they yeah. do call out Lantern by his name. They say John mm. when he goes under. Mm. Um, yeah. You see a guy with a smiley face t shirt. It's kind of reminiscent of Watchmen a little bit. A little bit. Um, they say the Narration says we came from different backgrounds, some of us from different worlds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, the important thing is not the abyss, but that we stood there together, yeah. And you see some of the shadow creatures from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, oh, yeah, you see Wonder Woman save a little girl,
1: yeah. I really, angel. I
0: really like that moment, yeah. yeah. And it's just, as the pages go on, it gets more and more destructive. Like, you see the Daily Planet in Metropolis mm-hmm. cracking yeah. apart lava and
2: fire
0: mm-hmm. and just melting yeah. the ground. Um,
2: yeah, the whole, like, the Lexicor building is just completely, you know, drowning in lava.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. And um, Superman is narrating this whole thing. There's a lot of oh,
1: interesting...
0: But I won't go into all of that right now. Yeah. Um. I, I kind those... of
2: want to, but like we probably should. Shouldn't. Well, is there anything specific you want to call out? It's. It's a. it's just. A, it's just kind sort of a concept I think a lot about, and so it really sort of touched me, when I got to it. Like. You ever read a comic that feels like it's it's, re, it's Mind about something, mm-hmm. like that's just sort of how I how I felt. Like I, I could I could probably go on and on, so I'm not gonna get too deep into it. But I I just really like this part.
0: Is all yeah. it's all where I'll leave it at. Yeah, I'll just try to summarize. Superman is talking about time and yes. our perception of time uh, in this mm-hmm. four dimensional object we call the universe. Um, he mm-hmm. says if time is an, is an illusion, then Death must be as well a side effect yeah. of the limits of our perception. Yeah. He says death is an illusion, but the pain of losing your loved ones is real. Yeah. So we see him. Uh, he's talking to Jarrell. He's trying to finish this data transfer now, but they don't have enough power. Um, yeah. So there's jor says there's one way to free up the amount of power necessary, and that's if I end my holographic simulation and delete all files. Uh-huh. Before Superman can even yeah. really object, he's already done it. Yeah. His parting words are, you've become everything i hoped you would, Kal-El. You did for yeah. your world. I could not for ours.
2: Yeah, that, this part. It yeah. tugs on the old heartstrings.
0: Yeah. Superman has lost... Another father. And yeah. the last uh, connection to his home planet that he had.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And he doesn't have time to even grieve. He grabs the crystals uh-huh. and he takes them into outer space. Uh-huh. Brainiac has given him coordinates coordinates for an escape portal. Uh-huh. If he wanted to change his mind, if he wanted to yeah. join him. Mm-hmm. but we know that superman yeah. is not going to abandon the human race
1: uh-huh
0: although brainiac thinks there's a 62% chance that he will
1: uh-huh
0: but then uh mm-hmm. we see him flying through space and he puts the crystal through the portal yeah not him yeah um and then the brainiacs Kind of see it come through, mm-hmm. um, but they say that Superman is sealed in this universe forever. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you suppose we should destroy that? He's yeah. like, my calculator show that its presence here it increases the chaos factor, and um, the anti anti is coming for them. So we have other things to attend to.
2: Yeah, yeah. Only it only increases it by a. In insignificant amount, so they decided to ignore it
0: Mhm so meanwhile in universe eight three two six five four 654 z on yes. their earth we the, be the other Superman he's going yeah. over the things that he remembers he's he's talking about his mm-hmm. name is clark his his mother's name is martha his father's he's going through the whole lineage yeah. and mm-hmm. um then he sees the crystal flying through the sky. he's like, what is yeah. that?" grabs it he recognizes yeah. that's kryptonian technology and yeah. and he also finds no, yep he finds clark's journal inside and and our superman of this story has left this journal in the hopes that someone would mm-hmm. read it and he presumed it would be the alternate universe's version of himself so yeah. he was right about at, he was lucky because this Superman is able to mm-hmm. use the crystal to do mm-hmm. exactly what our Superman yeah. intended to mm-hmm. to recreate everyone recorded on the crystal as as they were at the moment he received their quantum DNA. Yeah. So then we get this huge uh, full page panel of Superman resurrecting yeah. Lois Lane.
2: Yes. And like a uh, like a she's bathed in light. Mm-hmm. And she asks, like, Clark, what's happening? Um, And he says, this is going to require some explanation.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, in Superman's journal, he said, I have little hope that this plan will succeed, but then sometimes hope is the lie we make come true. He brings yeah. that line back. Full and, circle. Mm-hmm. And... This next scene, we return back to um, our Earth, and it's kind mm-hmm. of sad because uh, we yeah. see the Fortress of Solitude coming to its end and with mm-hmm. with Superman, Lois, and Jonathan inside. Yeah. Um, um, the artwork is pretty good, uh, yeah. especially Wonderful. the next page. Um, mm-hmm. The, the whole fortress is shattering. Superman is his costume is tattered. He's crying. He the says, world is God. gone. Yeah, he says, I did the best I could do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that those are his that, last really.
2: Yeah. This part made me cry. I'll be fully honest. I read this. I cried at this part. Yeah, this is I was very, like, yeah,
0: this is very sad. Like, the narration yeah. says, Lois once asked me what it means to be a hero. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure I I ever really came up with a good answer for that. But the best one I could come up with is that a hero is someone who never thinks about how much they mean to the world, but realizes just how much the world means to them. Beautiful. So then we come to the last two pages of the book, uh, the final scene. We are back in universe... Eight three two six five four z on their Earth. And you see a bunch of people wearing white jumpsuits. Um, a lot of humans. Yeah. And the Earth is kind mm-hmm. of rebuilt. And Superman with the black S is there. And there's a statue of Superman. Mm-hmm. A little girl mm-hmm. asks him, I don't get it. You're still here, Superman. So... Why do you have a statue of yourself, basically? Yeah. Like Lois says, uh-huh. "What kind of maniac built a statue of himself?" Uh-huh. And Superman says, "That's not me." Like the statue says, "In memory of a friend." Yeah, and we know he's talking about other Superman. Oh, Superman. And uh, there's, there's a little bit more narration um, mm-hmm. from Superman's journal. He says, if this gambit somehow succeeds, if by some miracle that you're reading this, say hi to mom for me and tell Lois and Jonathan that I love them. Yeah. Sometimes you save the world. Sometimes the world saves you. As dad once yeah. told me, there's a part of ourselves that's out there, loose in the world, waiting to be discovered. And he was right. And that part is what we call love. The end.
2: Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah, like um
0: uh, like, what an ending, huh?
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. He he like saves can, everybody.
0: Uh he's not able to save himself, but he saves huh. everybody else. Everyone who else yeah. who, who's gave him a DNA sample. And they're building yep. new metropolis. Yeah. And, and it and it really does show that there mm-hmm. is some hope left after all the destruction we've seen yeah. uh, in this book. Yeah. I mean, Any final thoughts yeah. about this book before we talk about the overall three books?
2: Just the idea of just. Superman's not really a character who often gets thought of as sacrificial, you know? Like, because mm-hmm. usually the stories don't end with, with a sacrifice. In the day, all's well that ends well. And he's not really a character people <laughs> think about as someone like most people don't think of him as someone who has anything to sacrifice, you know. Like he's not gonna die because he's Superman, yeah. right? Um. Yeah. But every now and then you get a story like this one where he does have to give. He has to give it all up. He dies saving like the world. world. Um. Like one usually,
0: notable one I was, Is All Star yeah. Superman where? Yes. He's kind. Of, the whole book kind of like counting down mm-hmm. to his death and he might have to make yes. a big sacrifice to that. Um mm-hmm. but go on. What were you saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely the example I was thinking of. That's that's my favorite comic if I haven't said said to you already. But um but in this he like and usually like I said, usually like in like in that comic for example, he does it like willingly without any hesitation. And you know, he's willing to put his life down for the world, you know? That's usually how it goes. Yeah and here it is it's the same like he has no hesitation and but what really gets to me about this one is he, he his his last words are i did the best i could um do. and like that that really like like this is like one of the things that um this superman is that all superman like you know all versions of superman are and this one definitely has zellman's rides he's humble you know yeah this is a good humble superman who he literally cured everything, everything. And then he literally saved humanity from the destruction of the Earth. In a way. Yep. You know, I think it's only now it's just occurring to me. But he sent humanity from a dying planet in a rocket.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I would say that the crystal that he sent through the portal very much uh, brings back the image of, like, his own ship flying through space. Yeah. Uh, and the kids uh, discovering that
2: specifically, specifically, it looks like the one from the movie. She uh, rent mm-hmm. the movie where it's like just a big, a big that he's inside. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, but that's it's kind cool. of my least. And uh, big rocket. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer, I prefer ones more of like a retro futuristic, like blue and red rocket ship instead of a weird ball of like a weird crystal ball. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I do like the the touchy, it's the Easter egg of it here.
0: Yeah, yeah, it looks cool in the artwork here. Like, um, I've got to say about the ending to this story. Like, like I said, like when I was first reading this book, the first chapter and the second chapter, like I mm-hmm. was really like hooked, w- waiting to see how it would end because. He definitely foreshadowed the end of the world, like Mark mm-hmm. Russell did. And, um, and he delivered on it. like um, yeah. he delivered the end of the world, but still had Superman Save the Day. And mm-hmm. that's exactly all I could have asked for from the story. Like um, it's as a limited series, like it, I think it did everything it needed to do by telling a complete story. Mm-hmm. um like i'm i'm very impressed with how it uh walked that line like we've talked about between uh cynicism and hope like it's a very fine line it looks at things from all angles, but um it definitely uh bets on hope in the end
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah again like it is it, it, it It's very reminiscent of All-Star Superman in the way that it kind of covers a lot in a few issues. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it has the benefit of hindsight where, like, we have so many years of both comic history and real-world history to draw on to make this story. And um, I think that's what makes it stand out from a lot of other Superman stories, because like so many of the in in-continu- incontinuity stories don't reference history, like or mm-hmm. or they're or when they're actually current, like they don't they're not yeah. able to talk about what's going on in, in the current world as much. So I think it's very interesting that they were able to put the story together, and um, it's kind of another story that it reminds me of is is Darwin Cooks. Um, New Frontier. Are you familiar with that one?
2: Yes, I, um it's actually kind of one of my favorites. Um uh and like, I definitely see the comparison. Like I remember thinking um I remember thinking about like it's a lot like it's a lot like New Frontier when I first started reading um like when I got the first issue. The first issue especially honestly reminds yeah. me reminds me of uh New Frontier and I I heard, you know, that's that, that seems to kind of be the popular consensus like new frontier i think because of how heavily the first issue focused on how jordan um because if you know you know new frontier is a justice league comic really it's like a dc universe as a whole comic but if you were to if you were to ask someone who the main character of um, new frontier is i think most people would tell you it's how jordan because you know we get his origin in there you know he kind of to, he doesn't solely single-handedly save the day but like he's a big part of it you know yeah, uh, it's
0: very central to that story.
2: Yeah, exactly. And he was very central to the first issue of Space Age. So that, I think, is where... And, like, you know, it's not just Hal Doran, of course. It's also the fact that it takes place in the 60s. And Kennedy's a big, you know, part of both stories. I mean, Kennedy's role in The New Frontier is that he, um, like, sort of gives a speech at the end. Um, but, you know, and, and his big role in Space Age is, of course, that he, you know, is assassinated. So there's definitely a... a Strong comparison there. New Frontier was like, like, hey, Kennedy was the the president who was bringing us into the future, and Space Age is like, yeah, Kennedy's the president who died and changed everything. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting contrast.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Like, I would dig more into that if we mm-hmm. had more time, but uh, yeah.
2: yeah, that's an interesting comparison. This book is a great. This this whole this whole series is great, like it's a great like, um, it's a great sort of reimagining ish of um of Superman's early days and sort of his sort of sort of his story. It's like an interesting take on Superman as a story instead of a character who stars in a series of stories. It's like that's the kind of beautiful thing about um out of continuity stuff like this, where you can actually tell like a life story of a character. Instead of just, you know, a bunch of adventures that go on and on forever, you know? Like, obviously, I I, I love the adventures that go on and on, on, and on forever, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a month-to-month comic book reader if I didn't. But it's nice when you can sort of give Superman, like, a a beginning, middle, and end in one story. Um, and this, this comic is one of the better examples of, of doing that that I've read. Um, and, like, the fact that it's a period piece... Um, it like, adds an interesting spice to it. Um, I don't recall if we've already sort of discussed this, but it does feel a little bit like um, um, Russell did that because he wanted to sort of have his cake and eat it too by d- writing a Superman story, but also putting in a bunch of like social commentary about um, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, but it still fits these characters all very well, and it's, it's just a very interesting, good read. Um, and I especially love the, the, how the ultimate message is kind of Superman is going to try, you know, with all his might for us, um, and he will come through in the end, no matter how he has to do it, you know?
0: Yeah. Like, uh, I agree that this is a very poignant story because it, like you said, it, it it's able to explore all of Superman's life and, uh it has a beginning middle and end like it uh mm-hmm. it's able to kind of show what he means to readers in mm-hmm. a way that uh we can't always get from the ongoing comics um and for me i would say the ultimate message here was just like you know that anyone can be a hero uh like in the first issue it said you know a hero is the one who shows up
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and, and later on we see lots of different other heroes show up in the time of need. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not always the most prepared or the most powerful. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you you can't save the day entirely, but you do the best you can. Like we, we saw Batman uh, do his best. We saw Wonder Woman doing her best. Mm -hmm. And even though, Ultimately, this is a Superman story. Like, we are given a Superman who, mm-hmm. um, who is a hero, mm-hmm. but he's not the only hero. Like, uh, there's there's actually even a, an alternate Superman out there
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we end the story with, and 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 that's on top of the Superman that we know and love, yeah, the Prime Universe. So, mm-hmm. um, I I think it kind of says that Superman is. Eternal, you know, in a way that, like, Mm.
2: even if you kill him, you still can't kill him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's always going to be a Superman around. Yeah. I like that. Yeah.
0: All right. So that was Superman Space Age number three. And uh, we've wrapped up covering all three books. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for um, joining me to do this. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a blast, man we're not quite done yet, because I'd like to ask you a couple questions um, about Superman.
1: All right. I'd love to
0: answer. Can you tell us um, how your love of Superman comics began?
2: Well, um, it kind of goes back to my my early... Like, I kind of always... Like, Superman is a character that I kind of always remember knowing about, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... because he was kind of just always there
0: uh-huh.
2: um like I like I had like the first toys I remember having was like a little toy superman uh it was <laughs> from the superman the anime and series show and it wasn't quite a what you would call a classic superman like he had like metal gloves and boots on and also um his fingers were kind of uh chew- some of his fingers were chewed off because that's how young I was when I got it mm-hmm. um hadn't figured out not to put toys in your mouth quite yet um but um, and like so, I've always kind of had Superman as like a, you know, a back like at least at least background noise in my life. You know, I yeah. put my hands in front of my, I put my hands in front of myself. You know, I watched the cartoon, like both the animated series, and I'd watch old Fleischer cartoons on this, like DVD. And my dad had got me of like old cartoons. I caught the the George Reeves show and the Superman movie on TV a few times. Uh so I kind of always loved the character. Um, growing up, and then when I was sort of in my like when I was around ten or eleven, I kind of realized that like as much as you know I love the movies and shows, the the sort of real Superman stuff like the stuff that, he, that like his his medium of origin was comic books. So I wanted to know more about Superman comic books. Um, what he's like in those, like what kind of stories are in those. So I started like research, just researching online like comic book stuff. Um, and that's how I learned about characters that you know most people don't know about and more about like i got into kind of all comics in general but of course superman was the one i was most interested in kind of always and like eventually this this of course led to me getting my hands on some real comics uh i started out reading like the johnny dc in print from like uh you know like the late like 2000s Mm -hmm. um and like i would read um i got like when the first like like I, I, got my hands on a big like the the showcase presents trades like showcase presents Superman. Um, I forget which volume, but it's the one that has like Superman and Brainiac on the cover. Like it's the cover of Brainiac's appearance as the cover, and it's like so it was all these like pages of black and white Silver Edge comics that I, I loved reading. Um, and I you know I I started reading like I also got a bunch of like the classic graphic novels on my like uh nook, which is like a sort of tablet kind of thing. Um, That's how I read Ulster Superman and uh, Birthright and all these, like, a bunch of other stuff. Um, And then finally, when I was around, like, 18, I finally found a comic book store in my area. And that's when I started reading, like, Superman and, like, right around time of rebirth, I started reading Superman and Action Comics. And I've been a regular uh, monthly comic book reader ever since.
0: All right. Uh, Can I ask, do you prefer digital or print?
2: I definitely prefer print. I love having a real comic in my hands. I love having like a collection, you know building, you know, even though you know it it's a lot of clutter and you gotta it can be kind of a pain in the butt to you know get through sometimes, but I definitely prefer having a real book in my hands so I can you know shove my face in and really get absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read digital if I if I you know have to like I have the I have the d c Universe. Mm-hmm. I'll read. You know old stuff that i probably get my hands on easily, you know are you know, like spending money on you know mm-hmm. I got this subscription that takes care of that so um i I do read you know digital uh plenty too um but i I definitely prefer to have a book in my hands, you know,
0: yeah, like when I started out, um I think my first Superman comic book was uh, the first one that I can remember was a reprint. Of when Superman and Batman met for the first time. It's like a really old comic book. Yeah. And it was really cool. Uh, Lois was in it a little bit. Like they were on a train. Um, I can't remember the exact issue, but I know the cover. Like I read yes. that one a lot. And that's mm-hmm. like I read a lot of different things uh, when I started my comics journey but Superman has mm-hmm. always been a recurring favorite. Like I grew up with yeah. the cartoons as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't really see the movies until I think until around the time Superman returns came out mm. and I saw the old movies as well. I saw, um, and then I saw all the other movies that came out later mm-hmm. and um, you know, I love them all in different ways. You um, but, uh, on the question of digital versus print, I'll say that like I definitely started my comic book reading with print,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I have a ton of comic books in my collection. But as I've gotten older, I've trended towards digital just because, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, is it's more affordable for me. It's mm-hmm. more uh, portable and. Uh, you know manageable mm-hmm. but it's definitely different like I've I'm perfectly reasonable like I've never quite uh, I haven't found like a perfect replacement I wouldn't say it's a replacement for the printed yeah. comic like I hope comic books still continue to get printed um, I just know that for my life right now unfortunately I'm not able to get as many printed comic books as I did back in the day uh, yeah but um, yeah, so I read uh, Superman: Space Age digitally, hmm. and it still looks great. Like I, I, I bet don't have any complaints about that. But uh, I'm yeah. sure it'd probably be different to hold it in my hands. Yeah. Um. Um. I want to ask you. Yes. What are some of your favorite? Superman stories across all media. I know you've mentioned a few already. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to uh, mention more,
2: yeah. For for comics, uh, All is definitely top of the heap. Um. Also, one wh- when I think about when I, I I think about a lot, um, is uh Superman's Secret Identity by Kurt Busiek. Yeah, which is like a, an Elseworldsy kind of. Well, it's an Elseworlds story. Not, um, that's like basically it's not about Superman tradition, like the traditional guy we know. It's more of like. A real quote-unquote guy who gets Superman powers yeah. and has to be Superman in the context of a world where he exists as a fictional character.
0: Yeah, I loved of... one growing up with with Stuart Immonen on art. Like it was. Oh yes, excellent. And it set Superman in the real world. It was not as historical as this one, but it was. But yeah, the but the storytelling by Kurt Busiek was more like yeah in a world that's. Not full of other superheroes or lots of superpowers, yeah. So it was very interesting. That's a good. That
2: that's one I love. Yeah. Um. I also uh think, uh, my favorite, my favorite take on the origin is probably um secret uh no birthright by uh Superman birthright by Mark Wade. Yes. Um,
0: I I have to agree. I
2: have lots of fondness for that one. Yes. Like it, especially like it. It feels like it's when it's when Lex Luthor became. Like it brought it brought back, you know, scientists Lex like Luthor and like um like the, the idea of him being, you know him knowing Clark, you know, in Smallville in their youth. Like that I really think it set it paved way for modern Lex Luthor.
0: Um Yeah, like that one came out I think a little bit after Smallville had started. Yeah. So like they were able to kind of like uh meld together all the different interpretations i mean mark wade is like a long time writer who's who's great at like honoring history while telling a new story so um Mm -hmm. like that one's one of my favorites where it updates superman in a modern Mm -hmm. context but still keeps all the important uh classic things you would want to see like like i said lex is is Growing up with him, but also yeah. being an evil businessman and, and a mad mm-hmm. scientist. Um, yes. And also, like, uh, Superman is saving Lois and, and Jimmy from, like, mm-hmm. uh, helicopters and planes that are going down yeah. and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's a high on mm-hmm. my list for sure.
2: Definitely. Uh, two, two more um comics that I, I like to i would like to mention like i don't you know not to drag us into a whole another conversation about them but um I also like superman smashes the clan from just a couple years ago was another like instant classic in my mind um yeah. if you read that one i have um,
0: not that one but i've i've heard good things
2: yeah yeah i definitely recommend uh checking it out because it's Great story, beautiful artwork. It takes the idea of it, it's. It's. I think it's the one. It's the first story to really take the idea of Superman as an immigrant and really run with it, and do something really interesting with it. Probably helped by the fact that the guy who wrote it, uh, Gene Yang, is in fact an, an immigrant who came to America as a very small child. Mm-hmm. So it, it like he definitely seemed like he could relate to the elements of Superman. But um, it's a great story. But one more, I wanted to, one more. I wanted to mention in my favorite uh in, of comics at least. Um, uh, it's. I, I really think uh, back to back to Grant Morrison, who of course wrote also Superman, uh, which I said was my favorite. Uh, I really think uh, their run on Action Comics was very underrated, like the new oh. Two Grant I, Morrison Action Comics.
0: Yeah, I I love that run when it came out, and it still has a lot of reread mm-hmm.
2: value. Like I I unfortunately missed, like I I did not uh, read it when it came out because I was still like. I was I was like this was when I was really first getting into comics still, um and I was more like I want to read old stuff I want to read the classics, mm-hmm. um and I kind of I, I I'm ashamed to admit I bought into the full on everything about the new fifty two sucks and is bad like hate wagon and that's so the, I the, stayed like, away from the stuff yeah, coming out yeah I you're was, saying
0: that's the thing about that run because uh the new fifty two was such a uh, was. Like, it was such a change, like, such a dramatic yeah. change to the DC comics that were coming out. And even Superman had multiple books where different writers were taking different approaches. And it was not clear until a while in that Grant Morrison was just doing his own thing.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Whether definitely. it fit or it didn't. Like, you just had to be reading that book or not. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it, it was yeah. good, though when i finally did get around to reading sorry you're saying
0: it was one of the better new 52 comic books in my opinion agreed
2: when i finally did get around to reading the whole thing a couple years ago um i i kind of had a moment of like grant why did i ever doubt you like (laughs) i felt i felt like i had been such a fool but yeah that's that's one i i want to mention and real quick you probably wanted me to talk about more than just comics um so real quick i'll say i do adore um superman the movie like, the first Christopher Reeve, Richard Donovan Superman film, mm-hmm. um, I understand that it has flaws, and it's a bit dated nowadays, but, like, I can watch that movie, just, I'll, I'll start it and finish it, you know, anytime, like, beginning to end. I know some people find parts of it boring, but I just, I, it's my favorite. It might be my favorite movie sometimes. Um, there's
0: that movie that is, like, timeless, uh, uh-huh. although there are parts of it that are dated, Um, but like, I think like the tagline said, you'll believe a man can fly. Like for the first time they depicted Superman, the first time they depicted a superhero, really like on the, on the big screen, like it was, it was really something else. It was something that everyone should watch. I heard that Kevin Feige makes everybody at Marvel watch it. (laughs)
2: Uh Yeah.
0: set The standard so high.
2: Yeah. We definitely wouldn't have had the MCU without it. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but um, which is a like, funny thing
0: to say because like you yeah. know Marvel,
2: dc <laughs> but
0: yeah. uh, i don't
2: think it i don't think it's impossible to top i don't think it's been topped yet by at least by superman movies now
0: here's my thing i think the movies like i like them all in in their mm-hmm. own way uh i can't say if i have a favorite cuz there's fair. also about all of them that I don't particularly like. But um but I think as a whole I'm just glad to have the ones that we have. Yeah. So, I
2: definitely see where you're coming from.
0: Yeah so like I'm I'm kind of the similar way about any any franchise you'll ask me about like I could say the same thing about yeah. X Men or mm-hmm. uh Spider Man or whatever. But mm-hmm. um yeah um let me see what other questions I had for you. Um, let's see so so with all of your knowledge of Superman mm. do you want to give a ranking of, of Superman Space Age got, um, how's it rank on the, on the score of best Superman stories of all time
2: I mean okay so when I first read it I, I think I, I don't know if I said this I I don't remember if I said it on the show um in the previous episode I was on, but I kinda had a thought of like I think this might be one of the best Superman stories of the century. Um and then I kinda of thought more on it and I thought um I kinda of remembered a few more that came out, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um in the like you know, since uh two thousand and I, I was like, maybe that's a little too far. But I definitely think it's one of the um best of the decade um maybe at least since 2010 um lower the bar a little bit but it's 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 one of the, it's it's certainly a all-time great if maybe not top 10 of all time it might be like in the top 50 of all time which considering how many superstars there are you know it's it's pretty it's pretty good i think true pretty top 10 even it's certainly it's certainly great
0: i mean i think i would put it in my top 10 just because I think the fact that it's a miniseries mm-hmm. gives it a lot more accessibility. Like yeah. anyone could kind of like, just jump into these three issues and see if they like it or not without being bogged down by a lot of other history. Yeah. Um, and hey. because of its historical relevance and like even the mm-hmm. story itself, like I feel like in the art is so good. Like for those reasons, it definitely makes my top 10 um i mean again we're not going to go into like what all the other stories mm-hmm. we love are um yeah but uh i think it's up there for sure
2: yeah i i guess i should say that i was kind of thinking in like a more general kind of all-time thing it might be of a personal top 10 of mine mm-hmm. um but but i i was I kind of was thinking it like in terms of how Where will it go in history, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the new All-Star Superman in, in history? Probably not. But it's certainly... I can see it being on, like, lists of Superman comics you need to read or something, you know? I think
0: it could... I think it might have a legacy equal to All-Star Superman. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to say, but I think the reception I've been seeing about it so far... Uh, and, and just the similarities to that story, but the way it, yeah. it sets itself apart from it, still, I think, yeah. um, I think that's part of what makes it great because we most fans agree all star Superman is really great, it's also on the top yeah. 10. So it's like, um, I think they are both similar and different enough to both make that top 10 list. Yeah. Um, but then you gotta save some room for like actual. In continuity okay. stories, I guess, or like the movies, or I don't know, but like the War Saga was pretty great. Which one? The War
2: Saga, the Action
0: Comics story arc. Oh yeah, uh... Philip Kane Johnson. Yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. I'm still reading that. I, I'm about, I want to say halfway through, but yeah, okay. it's pretty good so far. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say where it ranks yet because I haven't finished it.
2: That's 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 entirely fair. That's entirely fair. Um, it's. It, it, it that's that's the thing. It's hard to it's hard to rank Superman stories just on off the dome
0: mm-hmm.
2: because, because, because because there's so many, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we like, haven't mentioned Grant Morrison's uh, Final Crisis and Superman Beyond and all that yeah. stuff.
2: I, but, I actually haven't. I haven't read that one yet.
0: Oh okay. Well, I did get you read, around to it. Have you read any of Final Crisis?
2: Uh, not really. No, not
0: yet. Well, I, I know I have to, but yeah, put that on your to read list. Um, definitely yeah. <laughs> that's, that's another uh top ten for me probably
2: I, I know uh, the the gist of it, but I haven't gone around to it,
0: but a few more I might rattle off um, mm-hmm. I think that uh Alex Ross had some great yeah. stories, uh particularly he did a, a whole thing about the justice League, mm-hmm. where Superman was a primary uh, character in that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that just one was it. good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, there's just been a ton of great Superman. Series. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Jeff Johns, which mm. uh, you know he's been a very prolific writer for DC. Um, yeah. So love him or hate him, you know, he's <laughs> probably got at least a few stories that someone might really like. <laughs> he's done, oh, you know,
1: yeah,
0: he's done a lot of Superman. He did Superman Secret Origin. He did. Um, I particularly liked. Him. He did a run with Richard Donner back in the yeah, day, that I was did. really really into at the time. Yeah. Um. Uh, he and Kurt Busick had like a, a, um, a crossover, uh, after, um, Infinite Crisis called Up Up yeah. in a way. Oh, it was really good.
2: Yeah. I I that's another one I need to get around to,
0: but. Mm-hmm. So, like, we could go on and on about how many awesome Superman yeah. stories there are. Yes.
2: Uh,
0: I do also want to shout out Smallville one more time just because my heart is so dear to it. Like, um, mm. you know, uh, the stars of Smallville are, are doing their own podcast right now. So if you haven't already uh-huh. listened to Falkville, um, mm. you know, it's up and available for people to go back and watch the show and then hear what the actual stars have to say about the making of it. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, the future looks bright for Superman. Uh, James Gunn is talking about making a new movie. Yes. Um, so fingers crossed that, uh, something good will come of that.
2: Yeah. I got high hopes. He, he, he said that, um, all Star is an inspiration for it, so that's that's a good sign, I think.
0: Maybe I mean at this
2: point, I kind of wish Superman Space Age was the inspiration for it. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be awesome—a Superman Space Age movie. Yeah, I'd watch the heck out of that. Yeah, I mean
0: I'm a little skeptical of James Gunn for a lot of reasons. The primary mm-hmm. one probably being that he he made the movie Brightburn, which is <laughs> about like an evil version of Superman
1: yeah
2: and i'm like well if he
0: doesn't do that then he might be okay
2: (laughs) i mean i i don't know i I feel like that means he's gotten he's gotten the the worst take on superman out of them you know maybe he
0: got that out of the system he's got
2: the system now he can do the the nice smiling uh good guy we all love but to be
0: honest that's never been his style like if when i look at james gunn's um movie history uh he always tends to go for like characters who are a little more rough around the edges, yeah. who, who are broken in some way. I feel like mm-hmm. he, he's, I have not seen him tackle a character like Superman before. Yeah. So I'm a little hesitant about it, but I hope that, you know, it'll be great. Um, yeah. You know, I'm like like, as we've talked about, you know, Hope Springs Eternal with Superman.
2: Indeed, indeed.
0: Um. Uh, And I think we mentioned that there might also be a new Superman cartoon in the future.
2: My Adventures with Superman. Mm -hmm.
0: So we'll keep our eyes peeled for any news of that. We hope it makes the light of day. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll keep reading the comics as well. Yes. Uh, Oh,
2: actually... about something like a comic uh did you check out sure. superman lost
0: um not yet i i am curious okay. to check it out all right i wanted to finish this first so we could so i could kind of like perfectly understandable separate them in my mind and not be yeah. too uh yeah. to yeah. not have any preconceived notions i guess yeah
2: i i get getcha, you i get you
0: um have you started it
2: yeah yeah i got the i got the first issue uh the other day uh it's it's good so far um okay. it if I can, if I can give you a, a like, it, it's the kind of thing where it feels like it's going to be better, like, reading it, like, and com- complete, complete, like, it's probably going to be better reading it in trade, because this mm-hmm. first issue kind of felt like, um, it felt like watching the first 10 minutes of a movie, mm-hmm. and then someone turned it off and said, okay, come back next month for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and they're just going to turn it off after another 10 minutes, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might wait a little to see before I jump into it, I don't know.
2: Yeah, if you, if you have the self-control, which I do not have, then I recommend <laughs> uh, just accumulating and waiting to read it, I think.
0: Like, I'm a little bit, um, uh, like, I, uh, in full disclosure, I have a little bit of mixed opinions about Christopher Priest, mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: but I hope it's good, it might be very good, we'll, it remains to be seen, yeah. uh, um.
2: This is actually my first Christopher Priest comic, uh, actually. Like, I've heard of him. I, I've heard of his work. I, I know he's got kind of a mixed uh, reputation. Uh, and I've been kind of meaning to, like, read some of his more, like, you know, well-known stuff, like his Black Panther run. Um,
0: yeah, like, his Black Panther one, run did a lot to define the character. It, it, and it was uh, in the 90s. So it was, like... Mm-hmm. Um, like at the end of the 90s during the Marvel Knights run and like yeah yeah I read that and it was interesting Mm -hmm. I mean some of it doesn't hold up very well especially in light of the Black Panther movies which have updated Mm -hmm. things it's a good read if you're a Black Panther fan
2: Mm. I do like Black Panther but I haven't read a lot of Black Panther yet mm -hmm. um and that's one of the things I'm kind of like I should read more Black Panther I should check out that you know I thought about checking out that run
0: well, uh, I mean, Black Panther, it's hard to say which runs to recommend mm-hmm. because uh, they're all different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like my favorite is probably Tana hassey Coates' run, which was recent. Mm-hmm. But even that is kind of like a deep dive. like you gotta kind of like,
2: yeah,
0: prepare yourself for that.
2: <laughs> that. That's another one i've that's another one i've I've thought about checking out um.
0: But if you want something that's not as heavy but is lots of action and 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 very exciting Ta-Nehisi Coates did like a second run of Black Panther called the Intergalactic Empire Ooh. of Wakanda. Ooh, where he really That's like, interesting. Yeah, it's really good. Like he like like he had a run on Black Panther which was good, but it was kind of like um he was learning how to write comics while he was doing it. I see. So like the pacing is a little bit questionable. Yeah. But like, you know, like it, he had, he was more of a novelist and a reporter than yeah, a yeah. writer. But then by the time he did the, the second run, he was mm. in the zone.
2: Uh, that's, that sounds cool. Yeah.
0: And it kind of stands on its own a little bit. Yeah.
2: That's good. I'll, I'll have to keep that one in mind.
0: Yeah, but I'll. But back to Christopher Priest, I would just say that like mm-hmm. he's also done a lot of DC work, so maybe okay. he's better over there than at Marvel.
2: Perhaps I don't know. Um, I I will say you had me at intergalactic. <laughs> I, I love sci-fi. Yeah, you like sci-fi guy. If you love sci-fi, mm-hmm. then that's the Black Panther book
0: to read because it's it's sci-fi and it's the art is great, the story is great. All right, it's one of my um, favorites.
2: I'll have to keep that in mind. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I'll read Superman Lost eventually. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think we're both reading the new Joshua Williamson run. I mean, I know you had mixed feelings about that.
1: Yeah, it, it's
3: it's yeah. all
0: right. Yeah, oh, I agree. For a second. Yeah, like it's not really um, Superman's base age level. <laughs> but,
2: but I've really been enjoying Action Comics. Sorry to interrupt, but I've really, that's what I've been really liking.
0: Yeah, I, that's where I need to catch up. Yeah, but I do want to read all yeah, the yeah. the new changes that now that Superman's mm-hmm. back on Earth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still. Uh, on
2: <laughs> and, and you heard, you heard it's become like a, a sort of somewhat of an anthology, right?
0: Yeah, and you've got all the different super characters, and then you got like backup mm-hmm. stories and stuff with like yeah. rolling them.
2: Yeah, I've really been. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, I've really been digging the Power Girl uh, back up. Um, it's it's interesting conceptually. Like, I don't want you know give it away if you you know if you want to be completely fresh. But I will say that's that one's the most interesting to me.
0: I I think I heard some people say that you, like they're almost more interested in that than the than the Superman part. Yeah. But, but I don't know because like I've never particularly been a big fan of Power Girl, but maybe yeah maybe it might be interesting just the story that's being told.
2: I I also have never really read much Power Girl. Um so but this but I'm still enjoying this cuz it's just the con- the sort of there's a high concept to it that I think I'll, I'll unless you want me to tell you I'll I'll keep to myself, but there's a high concept that really makes it intriguing. Um yeah, I'll
0: probably just wait to read cuz I'm I'll get there soon, but yeah, yeah I'll yeah. take your word for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh I think that concludes our uh, chat this evening. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Luke, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Freddie. Um, Do you want to share your uh,
2: online handle one more time? Uh, Yeah. I'm superdude98 on, um, on League of Comic Book Geeks. Um, I, I was re- I not too long ago did a had an appearance on Joe Talks Comics which should be coming out in the not too distant future, so keep an eye open for that. We talked about JLA Avengers, um, that's that's all. Awesome. I, I write reviews on League of Comic Geeks if you want to read those, I'd appreciate it. Um, but I don't really do anything else. So,
0: no, that's great. Thank you so much. We will definitely keep an eye out for your upcoming uh podcast appearances. And yes. you're welcome back here anytime. And yeah, I'd love to be invited back anytime. Yeah, we might be talking more Superman or maybe some other things. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, thanks again. And I also want to thank our uh, listeners, if they've gotten this far. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks. Uh,
2: can, can I can I, uh, give one shout-out to someone who I think is listening? Sure. Hi, Dad.
0: <laughs> hey, Dad. Like, uh, like who's it uh, – this has been a story about fathers, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, thanks to Luke for listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Ed.
0: And um, if you want to follow DMV Comic Book Nerds, we are also on League of Comic Book Geeks Facebook and Twitter. So just search up our name. I'm sure you'll find us. And mm-hmm. if you like this podcast, please, 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 Like, rate, subscribe, and review on your podcast uh, app of choice because uh, that will help us continue to grow and bring you more new episodes. All right, everybody. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Until then, up, up, and away.